Welcome everybody. Give me land, lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my old saddle underneath the western skies. On my guides, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences. Gaze at the moon until I lose my senses. I can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. designer in New York, St. Louis conservative, and she is having a breast cancer fashion show to benefit breast cancer survivors, but also, and breast cancer research, but also she is uh, having people who are survivors in the show itself, so that's pretty cool. So she's going to be in just a little later on. It's going to be a little fun break from, uh, from the action. By the way, I know that a lot of you have been wondering and I, I know that this has been a a thing for you that ever since the Kavanaugh thing broke and all that stuff you were wondering you know I wonder what Jimmy Carter thinks of uh Brett Kavanaugh is that something you all have been kind of uh wondering about this whole time just kind of in and out trying to figure out your day but then you wake up in the morning and you're thinking what does Jimmy Carter think about Brett Kavanaugh well 
Uh, rest your restless souls, my friends, because uh, now we know what Jimmy Carter does indeed think because, yeah, it's a big deal now that Jimmy Carter is saying that Kavanaugh is temperamentally unfit to serve on the Supreme Court. Now, keeping in mind, of course, uh, that Kavanaugh already has been confirmed. So uh, former President Carter is, of course, being unnecessarily provocative and intrusive in this situation as far as I'm concerned because uh, this is just another example of the disruption and the meddling that is taking place and the individuals who are uh, causing problems for the administration just gratuitously, just really for the hell of it. Now, keep in mind, this was a statement that you're right, Julie. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. That's right. I think that's where Julie's from. But yeah, no, uh, Julie, I used to listen to that. We used to be, I spent a lot of time when I was a kid in North Carolina. And my grandfather was the president of the World Council of YMCA. So they had a big uh, deal. They were originally from Massachusetts, but then they wound up in North Carolina where they had a YMCA headquarters at, at a place called the Blue Ridge Assembly. And the Blue Ridge Assembly was up in the Blue Ridge Mountains and a beautiful place. But every summer, I we spent upwards of, uh, it seemed like a month in North Carolina, right? In Black Mountain, North Carolina, right outside of Asheville. And my grandparents had a house down there. Got a chance to see it, actually, not too long ago. And had a house down there, and we went down and rededicated my grandma's garden. It was a big deal down at Highland Farms, which is one of the long-term care places they were at. But, yeah, we uh, went down there. We'd stay in North Carolina. Boy, we'd be down there for a long, long time in the summertime. And it was uh, kind of the highlight of the summer going to North Carolina to visit the grandparents. And they had a beautiful cottage up there in Blue Ridge Assembly. It was beautiful. And they used to play in the morning that song that's what that's how they woke people up so you'd have a uh you'd have that's right god's country that's why this guy in carolina is blue that's right in blue ridge assembly so they had the they would have the, the all the camps and all the students would go up there for this retreat or whatever it was it was kind of like a campground and it was a ymca camp and but it was for people who were uh bible studies and those kinds of things and they would wake people up with that there would be a uh like a little, you know, like a little beginning uh, horn or something. And then they would play that all throughout on loudspeakers all throughout the camp. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. And that's how we woke up uh, most mornings to that that song being played all throughout the entirety of this side of the mountain. It was pretty, pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know who s- sings that, uh, but I, I could probably find it. Uh, if I if I had a chance to, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to look it up real just really quickly because now I'm and now I'm concerned and 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 you guys and you guys can wait right for uh, here. I uh, here's this is this is uh, you guys want to hear Judy Garland sing it? Why not? But yeah, you guys can wait for Jimmy Carter, can't you? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous. Judy Garland, everybody. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. 
sweeter than my sweetie when I meet her in the morning. <laughs> Where the morning glories twine around the door, whispering pretty stories. I like to hear once more. Sing it, baby. Father Miller, you're right. If I had a Latin's lamp for only a day, I'd make a wish and here's what I'd say. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. Wow. Kind of gives me goosebumps because I love her voice and... She was really great. Judy Garland. And a great voice, too, Father Tom. You're right. You know, it's a... <laughs> kind of a sad life, you know. Well, imagine she's a... All right, I'll let you finish up because I don't want to... Uh, we didn't hear it like that at the YMCA camp, I'll tell you that. Ours was more like a, you know, like a little uh, chorus, uh, like a choral group of sorts, and it was just a, a <laughs> that would have, that would have, uh, that would have woken us up, that's for sure. Good for Judy Garland, what a great voice and a great talent, and yeah, tiny little, little lady she was, you're right, Julie. But she had a you know tough life. She had the uh, you know from the time she was the the child star, so to speak. But boy, was she good in the Wizard of Oz, though. I mean, what a amazing performance by a young woman like that. Did she get the Academy Award for that or anything? I guess I don't know. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. I can't remember. Nineteen thirty four. You guys can Bing that. Yeah, Tom Miller. I used Bing. I used Bing instead of Google. I, it's it's like one of my. It's not like a big. Uh, you know, knock down, drag them out, protest of mine. I just don't. I just don't prefer Google because they don't have to worry about them and all their weird stuff they do. The little search engine thing, and so, like for instance, it, it might be uh, you know the anniversary of D Day, and yet there's a Harriet Tubman up there. It's Harriet Tubman's birthday. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. I I understand. I. I think Harry Tubman deserves a birthday celebration, but I thought today was mostly like the anniversary of D-Day, but that's okay. Never mind. But yeah, so they'll, they'll do things like that where, you know, like it's, it's the 4th of July and yet they'll figure out something, you know, look, it's the Galapagos Islands. It's like, oh, okay. Thank you for all that. 
So anyway, I think after a while, they're just so passive aggressive that I decide that, uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to it. So I used Bing and I did find it. And just so happens it directed me to none other than Judy Garland, everybody, and her, uh, song, uh, Carolina. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina. So yeah. All right. So, all right. You waited for this. You waited longer than enough for this. Then, uh, I, by the way, I don't know why Judy Garland happens to be like a favored person among, you know, the, the transgendered singers. Like, I, I, for some reason, Judy Garland is like a, uh, is revered among individuals like that. I don't, I don't know why that is. I don't know why Judy Garland kind of becomes the focus of some of these individuals. But speaking of that, later on, have you heard this uh, Rachel McKinnon story? Where she wins, or he wins, the women's cycling competition, and he's a man, but he's transgender, meaning he is. Uh, there's no, he's not undergoing any kind of uh, sex change operation or anything. He's just is living life as a woman. And he's allowed to compete in this thing. And you should see the pictures of him with the other two cyclists. And he's gigantic. And he's, his legs are twice the size of the, uh, of, the, of the two other cyclists. And he wins this gold medal in this thing. And apparently it's causing a big hubbub. I've got, I've got a little bit about it that we'll talk. But this is, the, this is the future, folks. People who are now you know, feeling certain ways because she claims that even if you felt like a woman, you want to be able to compete in women's sports as a man. Just like even if you just felt like a woman, that should be okay with you. I mean, it's, this, is, this is unbelievable what's going on here. And the cyclists, one of them, the ones who got third place, who actually should have probably gotten second, was complaining about it. And now she's being called by Rachel McKinnon a uh, transogenist and a bigot and everything else for saying, you know, I don't think it's cool to have men competing against women in sports. There's a big difference and a, and a big physiological difference. And th these uh, these individuals shouldn't be able to participate and, and compete against me. He's a man. There's a difference in these in these women's things, but it's apparently now the trend, and you know, and and they're competing in these sports, and 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 yeah, she wants to get she she gave a speech because this is her thing apparently or his thing. See now I'm mixing up, but and where the, she's giving these studies and 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 going on lecture on the lecture circuit, saying that even if you feel like a woman, you should be able to compete in women's sports. That's unbelievable. And and what's happening is a lot of these sports. Uh, yeah, you, you did you put did you put a link up to the article, the picture? Okay, thank you, thank you, Matt. Yeah, you can see the picture. Um, but what's happening is once again, it's our institutions. It's it's and, and I'm saying institutions because I'm meaning these companies. It's the uh, it's it's these corporations and these boards and these. Uh, these groups, these overseer groups who who are letting us down because they don't have any courage. They're, they're afraid of being called misogynist or they're afraid of being called bigots or whatever it happens to be. And so instead of acting in the right way, they 
kowtow and bow to the bullies out there. It doesn't matter whether it's the company that fired me, Entercom, or whether it's the, uh, the, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, or whether it be this group overseeing this cycling competition. These people have no balls. And they, don't, and they don't assess the situation. They panic. And so they go and make these decisions that hurt everybody else. And so that's where, that's where our real problem is lying here. If we had people in positions of authority telling these people to stuff it every once in a while, maybe we wouldn't have this run that we're seeing now. Maybe we wouldn't have this trend of individuals who are now uh, just – Every day you have something going on where they're trying something or pushing people around or bullying people or calling people racist or whatever. But instead of standing up to it, they take the easy way out and they just kind of basically say, we're going to let you have your way. I mean, my Lord, it got to the point where even if you look at what happened at Mizzou, great example of an institution that didn't have any guts. They let those people down there run rampant over that campus, and, and, and they're still paying for it. Three years later, whatever it is, they're still paying for it in enrollment, in their budgets. People aren't going down there. I'd never send my kids to Mizzou. People are going, aren't, aren't there. Their enrollment's down. Uh, t- tuition is having to be uh, t- to go up now. It's because to pay for the fact that people are going there, so the people who are going there have to pay more. I mean, it's just unbelievable what happened down there. But that's because the institution itself didn't stand up to the bullying of these people, didn't stand up to that little midget professor down there who was running her big mouth. Whatever happened to her? But that's what happens when you go ahead and let this let them let them run crazy. You're going to have a problem. You know, what's also interesting is that these how how mostly the people like this Rachel McKinnon are probably liberals. Probably the first people, for instance, who would be part of that group uh, that supports, you know, the climate change initiatives and will call you anti-science, won't they? The same people calling you anti-science don't recognize the difference between a man and a woman. That's pretty anti-science if you ask me. It's pretty anti-science to simply say, I feel like a woman, so I'm going to compete in the cycling competition and win a gold medal. And we're like, um, no, you're a man. Bigot. I'm like, no, you're anti-science. You're a man, and you're thinking you're a woman. And then we had the whole thing with, uh, with Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren was in a situation where she uh, she uh, <laughs> she felt apparently now the whole thing is well she felt like she was an Indian, so she should have uh, she felt Native American. So let her have her Native Americanness. We're like, no, no, she's not a she's not a minority. She she's not Native American. There's another one that's anti science. Elizabeth Warren would be the first one to call you anti-science, wouldn't she? They blinded me with science. Yes, Margaret. Science. Science. Yeah. 
Uh, Elizabeth Warren would be the first one to, out of the blocks calling people anti-science because we don't buy into her global warming baloney. And yet, talk about being anti-science, claiming you're Native American when you're not even close. When when five white people around you probably have more Native American in them than, than you do. That's pretty anti-science to claim you're Native American and check the Native American box when you're not. That's pretty anti-science. So anyway. Where was I? Oh, so later on, we'll talk a little bit more about that and, and get into the Rachel McKinnon story because it's, it's not ending. And now she's had this has this uh, Twitter craziness where she's going to uh, – she's been calling everybody who disagrees with her a bigot. And again, you know, do I uh, – I mean, I, I think I'm pretty liberal when it comes to, uh, you know – uh, gays and and transgender. I mean, I I, I really don't want to bother these f- people. I I don't have any interest in directing their lives, whether it be how they get married or if they adopt children or whatever. I have no business. It's none of my business to get in the way of their lives. But don't then start imposing your stuff on you know a cake baker or a or a. Cycling competition. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know, if if we're if we're gonna leave each other alone, let's really leave each other alone. Let's if we're gonna really mind our own business, let's mind our own business, shall we? We'll get into that a little later on. So Jimmy Carter. Now here's the deal. In in Carter's defense, he's sitting at a uh, at some kind of meeting of some sort. It looks like, and he's at a. Uh, Emory University in Atlanta, and and it's off mic and everything else. So it's kind of like he's – it's not like he's coming out with a statement condemning Kavanaugh. It's him – somebody asked him about it, and he's giving his opinion about it. So uh, e- even though it's kind of big news regarding Jimmy Carter on Kavanaugh, temperamentally unfit to serve on the Supreme Court, he really didn't give a uh, – like a speech or some kind of – he didn't come out on Twitter and say it, and he didn't – you know get a, a news release about it. But but anyway, that doesn't matter. They're uh they're they're still going to uh play this little bit here. Which I think was a very serious mistake. I thought that whether or not uh he attempted to rape a woman, whether or not I thought he was temporarily unfit to serve on the Supreme Court because of his outburst during the hearings. And I think the most of the American people would not in favor of his being Oh here. Sorry. On the Supreme Court that he's there now. And because the the Senate is quite subservient to Donald Trump, they're afraid of his uh, so he says, and, and it's, you, you can barely hear it. So he says that he believes that the uh, that temperamentally unfit to be on the Supreme Court. Now, if I am a if if I'm a if I'm a guy who is a former president of the United States, I'm keeping my mouth shut about this at this point because the bottom line is he's already kind of uh, been confirmed. And so, and so, it's not necessary at this stage uh, to go ahead and and try to 
disrupt whatever was going on there. It's not necessary to be uh, part of this whole deal here. You don't have to chime in. You don't have to weigh in. Why mention this situation regarding Kavanaugh now since he's already on the Supreme Court? Now you're just tainting and meddling and doing your thing. But see, all bets are off now when it comes to protocol. When it comes to protocol, for instance, with Obama, like we, we never had a former president out there on the campaign trail condemning the current president. It just, it just hasn't happened. But Carter doesn't seem to think that he has to play by any kind of rules and comportment uh, either, apparently, because all bets are off when you feel a certain way. Just like when you feel you're Indian, when you feel you're a woman. When you feel that you've been rooked by an election, you can pretty much say and do anything you want to. You all watched the debate last night. I know you're talking about it with uh, Josh Hawley and Claire McCaskill. We'll have some bits from that a little later on. But generally, uh, the conventional wisdom from a lot of the folks I've been talking to, it's uh, generally been uh, – was a pretty good run for Josh Hawley. And so it was a, it was a pretty – pretty good deal for him apparently so uh good for him it looks like the the the, so far the polling numbers have him kind of dead even if not josh hawley a little bit ahead i have always maintained that i do believe that it would be nice if hawley's numbers were a little stronger i think they should be in this environment we're in this environment where this nation is experiencing such success right now economically and beyond I would think any Republican who has been supportive of President Trump uh, or, for that matter, even of his policies should be doing well, really well. And especially in a state that's 20-plus and voted for uh, for President Trump, they probably should be doing uh, very well. So President Trump, meanwhile, was in Montana, and he is uh, attempting to fight for the candidacy of uh, Mark Rosendale, who is running against John Tester. Uh, Tester was one of those people who has been a uh, kind of a very uh, mild critic of the president. He hasn't been, you know, Tester's been kind of looked upon as a more conservative type of Democrat, and, and you kind of have to be in Montana. But the situation here is he got in the way of, for instance, the head of the Veterans Administration and this admiral, and he was promoting this story, this smear job against him, and he wound up not getting the job. Somebody else came in, but that was the biggest beef. But uh, President Trump hosted a rally in Montana on behalf of Rosendale, and of course it was a typical... How about Sleepy Joe Biden? Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Remember, he challenged me to a fight, and that was fine. And when I said he wouldn't last long, he'd be down faster than Greg would take him down. He'd be down so fast. Remember? Joe Biden was, by the way, on a television show being interviewed and said that he believes that once the House is taken over by Democrats. They need to wait a little bit before they start impeachment proceedings if they do it all against President Trump. Faster than Greg. I'd have to, I have to go very fast. 
I'd have to immediately connect. But so he challenges me to a fight and the fake news said, oh, isn't that cute? That's so wonderful. Remember, he says he would like to take me behind the barn if he were younger. We, you know. So he challenges me to a fight and it's fine. I said, he shouldn't do that because I'd take him down so fast. And they said, what a vicious statement made. How vicious. He's talking about fighting. What a vicious thing. You believe this? That's why it's the fake news. Yeah, good for President Trump. Whenever he does these rallies, it's kind of like uh, President Trump live at the Apollo because he just kind of riffs and was going off on Biden. I just, I, I love these. I love it when they get. <laughs> this crowd. He's a super liberal. How do you, I, I know this crowd is incredible. I mean, gigantic. I don't know how. I don't know what the actual. Uh, assessment of the crowd was in terms of the number, but at that point, who cares? You look at this thing, and it is packed, and 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 people are still very much excited ab- about the president. It's amazing. But Greg is smart, and by the way, never wrestle him. You understand that? Never. Any he's stumping for all these Republicans there. Slam, he's my kind. Of- Greg Gianforte, he's referring to. He's my guy. I shouldn't say this because there's nothing to be embarrassed about. So I was in Rome with <laughs> a lot of the leaders from other countries talking about all sorts of things. And I heard about it. And we endorsed Greg very early. But I had heard that he body slammed a reporter. <laughs> this is him talking about that incident with Gianforte. And he was way up. And he was way up. And I said, oh, this was like the day of the election or just before. And I said, oh, this is terrible. He's going to lose the election. Then I said, well, wait a minute. I know Montana pretty well. I think it might help him. And it did. (laughs) This is talking about a congressional candidate there. You guys remember when this guy body slammed a a reporter? And I'm, I'm not a person who suggests that people physical physical violence isn't my thing but uh it was something that took place and 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 apparently this was a uh fight ongoing fight with these guys and that's president trump talking about that now he's talking also about kavanaugh in the midterms an election of kavanaugh the caravan law and order and common sense that's what it's going to be It's going to be an election of those things. Law and order. Have it all. Remember common sense. And remember, it's going to be an election of the caravan. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, right. So the, the caravan is that caravan of migrants that are coming over that the president ultimately maybe uh, in some way, shape, or form might actually be stopped by the military or have to be. So that's an ongoing issue there. But nonetheless, we have uh, a a midterm election here that I believe is going to surprise a lot of people. You look at that crowd there in Montana. It is absolutely gigantic, people. It was huge. They were packed into this place like sardines, and they were loving on the president. And the midterms, I believe, are going to be huge for Republicans. And I I do believe these poll numbers where 
where individuals are claiming somehow that the House is going to be taken over by Democrats, I just don't see how there's a chance at all that that's going to be happening. And later on, we'll talk about what the Republican strategy has to be the last few days before we go into the November election. And it, it kind of was was in a nutshell the, the best line was produced by President Trump when he said, Democrats produce mobs, Republicans produce jobs. And nothing could be more true than, uh, than that, that's for sure. So I just don't see how the poll numbers, even with, with Hawley, I still believe it's going to be hugely tight. I, again, uh, think that Hawley ought to be doing better than, than, than he is doing right now. Uh, in, in terms of the poll numbers, but I just don't believe the polls. That's the problem. I, I don't. The, we believe the polls back in 2016, and none of them proved correct. So the poll numbers, I don't. I don't see. I see a lot of people who are much like the uh, Democrats, we've, uh, the Republicans we saw in 2016, who are sleeping giants. They're ready to pounce, and uh, we definitely are ready to rock and roll. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's rock and roll. Without further ado, how about our national anthem? Oh, say can you see By the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Who say does that star-spangled Banner yet wave O'er the land of the free And the home of the
Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 114937. My friends, happy Friday. We are live from the Discovery Design Studios, Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing. Good people over there. It's funny, we had... uh, Some guy running around Texas. Grabbing Ted Cruz signs. And this is how crazy it's gotten. There's this radical leftist who is taking these signs out of people's yards and screaming that he that he hates Ted Cruz. I'm in show biz. And he's and he's got this weird beard and everything else and he's going crazy. I'm gonna have that for you in just a little bit, but Going nuts. But you know, can you get any more? All right. Can you get any more anti American than that when you just kind of steal somebody's yard signs from their from their their lawn? Political yard signs. This is America, people. This is America. And yet that's what we're seeing. Now keep in mind too, and there's a little bit of uh graphic language in this, so I don't want you to get too uh freaked out by it i'm not too concerned necessarily all the time about graphic language but i will tell you sometimes i uh people are going oh so you you do this stream now can you uh can you cuss now and do all that kind of stuff it's like well i never really cussed before on my radio show why would i start now you know what i mean i mean i had a very successful radio show on a dial position uh and now continue to have a very successful radio show in this position, so why would I just start cussing now? And plus, you know what I told somebody? Oh, oh, da- uh, that is David Britton, uh, Lisa. David Britton, B R I T T O N, who is the uh, who is the uh, singer of that national anthem. Really, really good. A lot of you really like that, and uh, it's it's done without any music or anything else. It's pretty powerful. 
Good voice. His name is David Britton, B-R-I-T-T-O-N. So I was trying to explain to folks about uh, cussing on the air. And, you know, I was on radio and certainly in TV for, you know, upwards of uh, 30 plus years. And so you learn over time to be very careful. And having been in radio on a multiple different levels back in Wisconsin when I graduated from college and then worked in radio here for 17 years. I was on 97.1. You tend to have a little bit of a uh, an aversion to, you know, cussing. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 you don't it, – it's just not natural anymore uh, to cuss. You might even cuss a blue streak off the air and have a potty mouth. But for whatever reason, once you're in the radio business for any length of time, something in your brain prevents you from cussing on the air. Sometimes, you know, like the BS word will come out or something like that. But generally, you know, the big words you just don't say. (laughs) So anyway, you might hear a little bit of a graphic language here. But this guy is, I'd love to know who he is, but... Uh, this guy is luckily following him with a with a video camera, and he's tearing up signs. He's picking signs up from people's lawns, and he believes that he has the right to do that because he just doesn't like Ted Cruz. No, what, what, this is, oh, hang on, I got I got to get through an ad here first because I don't even know what this is for. But it's not a gun ad, unfortunately. Here we go. That is my property. It is your property. Yes. Okay. This is... Oh, that's your property, too, though. Yeah, it's buff. Hold on a second. Drive me nuts. Introducing the new Capital One. I don't know why I can't get the... uh, cash back on dining and 4% on entertainment. I already had two ads, and now it's making... Here's here's the deal. This is a crazy... This is a piece of video that has... my neighbor's property. He's uh, a gun owner. Four ads in it. I would watch... Be careful. Here comes another one. Watch this. Oh that, no! That would be great. That would be really like you know, appropriate response. That would be. You know, I have bought a hundred of these. So he's picking up the signs and he's grabbing the signs. Let's go to another commercial. There are four commercials in this thing. Capital One is Capital One seems to really dig this video and know it's going to get a lot of views. So Capital One's like, let's get in this one four times. No fees or minimums. But then they're going to let us go here and we'll watch the rest. But this guy freaks out. And how people get away with this is crazy. How this is even remotely acceptable is nuts. And yet it is acceptable because no one's getting on this guy. This isn't even an outrage. All right. Well, I'll feel better about So he's carrying the signs away in his hands. Two of them. Two signs. Throws the signs on the ground and continues to walk. Check this out. Lo and behold, towards a towards a coffee shop, of course. Called the black hole. The coffee shop's called the black hole. I mean, and this is. I've lived here for 15 years, not had this behavior. He just went nuts. Yeah, I mean, 
this is the kind of behavior that is emblematic of the left. And I guarantee you this kind of stuff, this is the kind of stuff that is being allowed because people aren't fighting it. The news media and elected politicians are even encouraging it the Maxine Waters of the world. And when you have a society where you have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say your institutions because I, I can't think of another word for it. And by institutions, I mean companies, the news media, elected representatives, where there's, there's no limit to the kind of uh, bitching that goes on and complaints that go on and indeed even the exacerbation and the promotion of violence or even just of disrupting people. We had a professor the other day talking about, no, not only, you, you should not only bother people at restaurants, but you should also stick your fingers in their food or take their food and walk out with it. And the, and the, and the university at that time said, well, um, we would encourage our people to please be nice and be civil. Well, come on. This guy works for a university. He's a professor. And yet there's no uh, action taken against him for, for encouraging people to commit acts of violence against their fellow man. I mean, I just I, – I, that's the problem is we don't have our institutions who have any balls to stand up to these people. And, and I guarantee you, if this were a story where there was some guy who was running around taking Beto O'Rourke signs or, or taking uh, – with Hillary Clinton signs or whatever, it would be huge news, and these individuals would be marked as being crazies and outlandish and anti-American. But instead what happens is you get people like this who are, I think, basically indirectly encouraged to do things like this because as long as you temper tantrum, as long as you feel something, as long as you're angry about something, then it's fine. You, your actions go unmolested and it's why people are busting into restaurants it's why people are are going up to republican candidates with knives it's why people are taking these uh these signs out of yards with impunity and and it's, it's why people earlier the worst it got was maybe people would call you a racist or a bigot or call you names or whatever or call you a nazi now it's now it's turned physical and one of these days somebody's gonna somebody's gonna get hurt here because this is, this is going off the rails. And again, this all goes back to, and I'll say it again, you know, my company, Entercom, didn't have the balls to stand up to these kooks who misrepresented my tweet, who called me a sexual assaulter, who said I fantasized about sexually assaulting somebody and doing all that kind of thing. They didn't stand up to it and instead bowed to it and cowed to it. And once you give in to these a-holes, once you, once you start to lay down your arms against them, they're just going to keep going because they're terrorists more than anything else. They're not people who are concerned about uh, American values of civility, whatever. They're the same people who talk about how polarizing President Trump is. There's nothing more polarizing than ordering people to go out and disrupt people in their regular daily lives or to steal signs or to shoot people on baseball fields or whatever. That's pretty divisive, if you ask me. But, oh, no, President Trump's divisive. Yeah, he's divisive because he doesn't agree with you and you lost an election. Like I said, and I, I said this at the end of the show last night, yesterday, and I'll, I'll say it now here in the, in the stage of this show. The, these, these calls 
about how divisive America's gotten. Like Ben Sass and his stupid book that he's now promoting about, oh, why Americans hate each other. And this is terrible. Ben Sass is a never-Trumper who, if he had his way, Hillary Clinton would be president. So Ben Sass is a loser. And so no wonder a loser now comes out with a book saying, boy, things sure are polarizing and divisive. Why, Ben? Because we're, because we're not allowing you and your Democrat friends to play in the sandbox while, while we're sitting out here suffering, which is what you guys have been doing the last 25 years. Democrats and Republicans playing together, drinking together, plotting together, being more concerned about their longevity in the Senate and the House than they were about us. And so, uh, you know, he's talking about how tribalism is hurting this country. No, it's not. Suddenly, everybody's complaining about civility after they lose elections. That's like, the, that's like again, I, I, I made this uh, analogy yesterday. It's like the St. Louis Cardinals, after a, uh, after a season which they don't make it to the playoffs, now come out and say, we want to change the, the, the schedule for baseball. We need to just play 10 games, not 162. 10 is too many. We just want to play 10. It, it, or or uh, it's it's like uh, the the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals deciding they're going to give the Boston Red Sox tips on how to win. It's like no, we don't need your tips on how to win since you're a loser. And I'm not calling the Cardinals losers, but you know what I'm saying. It's this kind of sore loserness that we're seeing all over the joint. And Ben Sass isn't helping. I played you that clip from him on The View uh, yesterday. It's, it's, it's just this, come on. I like tribalism. Suit me up. I'll Give me my spear. Tell me how to paint my face. And I'm, I'll, I'll show you some tribalism. Because we showed you tribalism when we elected President Trump, President of the United States. Tribalism is good for this country because it's people fighting for something that they believe in. Tribalism is bad for people who fight for what they believe in, maybe, or are lazy about it and expect to phone it in and then lose. Then they start to complain about tribalism. You notice how tribalism now is kind of a thing among all the thinking set? All the navel gazers on the, uh, on the Sunday shows and, 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 and the Ben Sasses of the world writing their books, the never Trumpers of the world. Look at what Glenn Beck has done. Glenn Beck's now going, you know, uh, I'm, I really regret everything I did on the radio. I'm going to be the man that brings this country together. All right. What, after calling all of us Nazis? Is that what you're going to do? So now we have to listen to Glenn Beck sit there, and, 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 and we, we have to sit cross-legged on the floor with Glenn Beck. Let me tell you about how we can all, this country needs to come together. No, it doesn't. Well, let's put it this way. Yes, it does to a degree, because you need to come together and get with the fact that President Trump is going to be your president for the next six years. So maybe you want to come together to that fact. You're never going to take over the Senate. Brett Kavanaugh is a Supreme Court justice, and people are working. Their wages are rising. Businesses are expanding. So come together on those points, shall you? But again, I'm every bit a fan of divisiveness. I'm every bit a fan of being partisan. The people you'll notice who want everybody to just get along are the people who lost elections. 
Now, listen, I don't want people tearing signs out of people's yards. Now, that, that's, that's not necessarily a call for less division. That's a call for people to stop taking people's signs and tearing them up. It's funny, though, how the, the, the people who are being blamed for all this crap are none other than Donald Trump. You know, D- Donald Trump says something and it becomes you know, that, that whole that whole uh, that, that whole rally yesterday in Montana. You know what the biggest news that came out of that was that uh, Gianforte bite I just played you. President Trump praises man who uh, body slam reporter because th- th- that was like a two and a half hour rally. Where one of the one of the greatest lines for the president was: "Democrats create mobs, Republicans create jobs." They don't want to talk about that line. They want to talk about what he said about this congressional candidate, who's now a congressman, Montana elected him, uh, who body slammed a reporter for for whatever reason. I don't know. But again, folks, don't listen to these people who are trying to tell you to calm down. Don't listen to the people like Glenn Beck and Ben Sass and, and, and then other liberals who want to say, hey, come here a second. Let's sit down and talk about this, shall we? Let's try to be a little more calm because they want you to go back to being that wishy-washy, squishy, rollover, believe everything the Republican Party says, believe everything Glenn Beck says, people. They want you to go back into your positions as lemmings, and you're not going to do it. You're free now. You're free to move about the cabin. Seatbelt lights are off. That's the world we're living in right now. And so don't listen to these people running around telling you that we're a divided, hateful nation. We're not. We're people fighting for what we believe in. That's okay. It's okay to have differences. It's okay to fight for those differences. It's okay to go to the polls and vote and, and, and make your mark that way. It's okay. I just, you know, and then Ben Sass winds up on The View and here, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, pl- I'll play it again for you because Ben Sass drives me crazy, a- 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 mainly because he will throw anybody under the bus and and he'll sell out conservatives and everybody else to 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 have that to have that disgusting meek smile on his face as you know he's the guy who sits there with with uh, Bill Maher as Bill Maher utters the n-word and just laughs cuz he's trying to sell a book so Bill Maher can say the n-word all day long but as long as Ben Sass sells a book he's just fine and then so they he, so he's on the view promoting this book about why Americans hate hey stop the hate shall you oh yeah right you mean the hate you exhibited when you called people who support Trump when you and you and you and your boyfriend Glenn Beck called us all Nazis you mean are, are, you mean that, that period of time oh and I can't wait for the Glenn Beck uh, the Glenn Beck Ben Sass interview. My goodness, we're, we're probably going to have to sit there and scream at the radio and say, get a room, guys, for crying out loud. Yeah, the Ben Sass-Glenn Beck interview, that ought to be good. The two losers who sit there and, and complain about what a divided nation we are. 
golly, beware the man with a new religion, right? Because they're all like, oh, wow, this is uh, now suddenly you want to be peaceful and not divided and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because you lost an election? Yeah, yeah, maybe we ought to go back. It's like, again, I use the baseball analogy. It's like these guys who lose a baseball game or lose a series like, you know, Boston, the Astros, like the Astros coming out and saying, you know, maybe we ought to change the way we do the playoffs. It's like, no, playoffs are fine. You just lost. That was kind of the problem. I was really, really kind of rooting for the Astros. I like them. I'm not rooting for the Brewers, though. Wasn't rooting for them. But, but the Astros, I, I definitely was rooting for. But anybody in our little division, I'm not going to root for them to go to the world. I don't want. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, just because it's the National League or American uh, that we ought to win because we're in the National League. No, not going to do that. I want the Dodgers and the Boston Red Sox in the playoffs. Anyway, so he's on the View, and of course, the first thing out of his the first question is about Kavanaugh or about the president uh, talking about Christine Ford or whatever, and you know, it's just like he's a suck up. Yeah, I'll play it for you. Not only is Ben Sass the currently serving junior senator from the great state of Nebraska, but he's also the author of the new book, Them, Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. I wonder if I'm in that book. Okay, <laughs> please welcome Sass. Who needs to heal, by the way? I, I don't know about you. I don't need to heal. The people who need to heal are the people who are uh, c- calling for individuals to uh, attack people their opponents at the gasoline station or the people need to heal are the people who are picking up signs and, and ripping political signs up. The people who need to heal are the people who are attacking people in the street because they support Donald Trump. Those are the people who need to heal. The people who need to heal are the people who are reflexively calling Anybody who supports President Trump, a racist or a misogynist or uh, a xenophobe, all those names. The people who need to heal are people like Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton needs to heal. Hillary Clinton needs to go to bed for a little bit, as far as I'm concerned. She's out of her tree, and she's so angry about losing the election, but she forgets, hey, Hillary, you called half the country deplorables. What did you expect was going to happen? And she, and she was actually the first one to really mark the level of true incivility because never before has anybody in the history of this country seen a presidential candidate attack his or her opponent's supporters. Never. You, you won't find an example of it anywhere in American history. You won't find any semblance of it anywhere in American history where a candidate at that level or any candidate, it's it's almost like the worst possible move you could make as a political candidate. It's, it's quite possibly the stupidest thing you could possibly do is attack your opponent's supporters instead of attacking your opponent, going after your supporters is the worst possible move you going after your opponent supporters the worst possible move you could you could possibly make and yet Hillary did it which was was that that was true incivility that was a person who has a lot of power and a lot of sway over her voters 
I mean, to me, she's the real witch with her flying monkeys running around now. She's the one, she's the one who continues to exist uh, in her castle, peering into her crystal ball and ordering all of her flying monkeys around to harass all of us. But she was the one who first said that called people deplorable. And do you realize that opened up the floodgates of, of individuals who now on the left see, think it's A-OK to call people names and beat them up and everything else. Glenn Beck did the same thing when he called us Nazis and brown shirts and that kind of thing. That was a horrible thing to do because all it does is it exacerbates and creates an environment where people believe that they have backing and they have support to hurt you. So, so right now, people have this sense of righteousness that as long as you, if you support President Trump, then you have to be racist and you have to be a misogynist and you have to be all these things. And so they can do anything they want to you. I mean, it's, it's a pretty weird world where somebody it used to be even when people took signs or stole signs, they would t- take them in the, in the dark of night. But what they're doing now is uh, this guy you saw is, is taking them in broad daylight and, and doing it on camera. I mean, normally that, that's something that you, you, you'd never do. But on camera. I mean, I saw during, you know, it was around my neighborhood, and this was around 2016. I put, I put this jackal up on Twitter, but he was taking a uh, uh, Blue Lives Matter sign. I, I think it was, a, it, was, it was a sign supporting the police, but I think it was a Blue Lives Matter sign. He just went up and took it and put it in his trunk. I saw him do it, and then I, but I didn't catch him on camera and followed him around, but put him up on Twitter. License plate and all, but nonetheless, you know this. People are are emboldened now to do whatever they want, and people like Ben Sass didn't help, and now now he's telling us how to heal. You got to be kidding me, Ben Sass and all of his little National Review people and his other buddy Ben Shapiro and all these guys. They hated you, they despised you, they thought you were stupid, they thought Hillary was right when she called you deplorable. They didn't like you. And now there's Ben Sass, Republican senator, on The View with his book tell, teaching us all how we can heal because of the hatred. When the problem began with these guys. Anyway, I digress. Ben, ben Sass. Pleasure to have you here. You know, we were talking earlier about um, Trump on 60 Minutes last night. Did you see it? I haven't, but I've heard about it. Oh, it's it's a must-see viewing. Uh, <laughs> and I'll take your word for it. He says that he never mocked Dr. Blasey Ford, um, that he was actually just, and, and that Sarah Huckabee Sanders backed him up. She said it was just factual information he was giving. But the audience... It was just factual information he was giving. But the audience was, was laughing. Was laughing. Yeah, as they he- were, because it was so stupid and true. And and crazy how Christine Ford could get up there and lie repeatedly. So yeah, it was it was it was it was a laughable moment because it was like this is nuts. What's going on here? His uh, portrayal of Dr. Ford went on and on and on and on. Do you think he was mocking her or was he just giving facts? 
uh, I was opposed to what the president did at that rally, and I went to the Senate floor and made a speech saying that this is some of why um, accusers don't come forward. We should handle right. it differently than this. Yeah. Which is, and they all like, oh, yeah. yeah. sure, of course. Right. No, you know, you know, you know, you know why you know why accusers don't come forward, right? Accusers don't come forward because Christine Ford lied, and accusers don't come forward because she basically disparaged real victims out there, people who really have complaints, people who really have issues, and and made a spectacle of her lies. And so in my opinion, it made it harder for people with real stories to tell to get their stories across. Because what do you think is going to happen the next time that we have a situation where, uh, where, where we have a Supreme Court justice? And let's say we have a nominee who actually really did try to rape somebody. Let's say we have a nominee who actually really did hurt somebody. Let's say we have a nominee who really did uh, have... Uh, an issue. What do you think is going to happen the next time somebody makes a complaint against a Supreme Court nominee of of the nature that Christine Ford did? Well, they're gonna they're they're gonna be automatically met with skepticism. They're gonna be automatically be met with, oh, I wonder if this is another Christine Ford deal. And this person might very well have a real complaint, a real thing. So the people really hurting real victims, it's not Donald Trump. It's Christine Ford. And, 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 and so Ben Sass, as usual, is wrong. I really don't know what is going on right now, though, in this country to a certain degree regarding protocols. And, and again, uh, we liked President Trump because, because he wasn't really a protocol follower, you know? I mean, he, he did break protocol a lot in terms of, uh, I guess, if protocol means kissing up to the Republican Party. But he was a rebel to a certain degree. So it's not like we don't like rebels. But there's something kind of weird about what's going on in this country where everybody is, is now chiming in. Because they're trying to save the country or whatever it happens to be. So you've got people like Barack Obama running around doing the unimaginable before this year, which is his former president going out and campaigning and attacking the sitting president. That normally doesn't happen. But maybe that's the new norm. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe when President Trump, if he's – when he's done in 2024, will – and, and it just so happens there might be somebody in office who is a Democrat after 2024. Maybe that's what President Trump is going to do. I don't know. Floodgates are open now. And what's this deal now where these Supreme Court justices are being interviewed and going out in public and talking about stuff? Like I like uh, we had Kagan and we had uh, Sotomayor who were on some kind of uh, – list there and a Q&A session someplace and and they were talking about Kavanaugh and how Kavanaugh might not be uh you know might not be fit or what have you or or that he's going to they're going to lose their objectivity and this was right before Kavanaugh was confirmed I'm thinking what is Kagan doing at, in public talking about how Kavanaugh might not be a balanced jurist I mean, how is that possible? 
Then we had John Roberts out there. The President Truman was subject to the Constitution. It's only in one channel, isn't even it? Even in a time I guess of it is. war. Weird. Yeah. Now the court has from time to time. I, I, I just don't, you know, it used to be where Supreme Court justices uh, didn't speak. I mean, they didn't, you know, go out and talk and, and there was a certain level of mystery and there was a certain le- and now you can actually hear them, which is good in their uh, in, in when they're when they're taking up a case, but I've I've really never seen a situation where they're out uh, running around and and uh, and and just commenting on everything. I don't know whether that's really the right thing, but we're we're in a different situation now. That's we're we're in a different kind of uh, situation, I guess. We're we're in a new frontier now, where this is going to be how how it rolls from from now on. By the way, did you see? We no longer uh, speak up this this whole. Uh, Thing regarding Saudi Arabia. So we have Hardball and their little group of individuals who are talking about the uh, situation regarding this Khashoggi individual, the Washington Post contributor who was murdered. And there is this question about whether or not uh, there was some kind of direct link to the prince. Now, apparently, the story is that Khashoggi was was being interrogated for some reason about something, and so they decided they were going to have kind of a, I guess, a, a meeting there or something. So he came there and 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 uh, and to this consulate, and apparently, this uh, thing got out of hand. Now, there was some suspicion on the part of the Saudi government or the Saudi royals that apparently that this guy Khashoggi was rubbing shoulders with the Muslim Brotherhood. I don't know whether that's true or not. I've heard that quite a bit, and so I, I don't know whether that, that actually is the case, but that's been what has been said, is that somehow he was maybe suspected of associating with the Muslim Brotherhood. Again, it's kind of weird to drag a reporter into a consulate anyway and be interrogated by a government. I don't really – I'm not supportive of that kind of operation. But apparently that was what was was going on. There was some suspicion that he had ties possibly to the Muslim Brotherhood or something like that. And keep in mind also that the Saudis are very prickly about terrorism. They're very prickly about uh, any insinuation that they might be uh, supporting terrorism. They, they have actually helped the United States in the fight against ISIS and other terrorist elements. I don't think the Saudis have done enough, but they have helped the United States in that sense. And so they were trying to figure out uh, whether or not this guy was you know, getting involved in some way, shape, or form. And uh, and so they apparently dragged him in to interrogate him, and the interrogation went awry, and something happened where he was murdered. They're directly blaming now the royal family and the Saudi prince, and and now suddenly the Saudi royal family is a horrible group and this and this, and suddenly people have discovered that we have a relationship with the royal family, which has been going on for decades now. But, you know, you know, the left, they're they're like, you know, suddenly like, what, wait, what? We're actually, uh, we're, we're actually meeting with the Saudi royal family? They're terrible. It's like, wait a minute. You mean when Bill Clinton went over there? 
the Saudis love the Clintons. Are you kidding me? And and, and uh, it's kind of like when they discovered that you know when when Trump shook hands with Vladimir Putin, automatically he was a traitor to the U.S. I'm trying to think. Do you guys remember when Obama was covering for Russia and helping Putin out and talking about how when, when Romney was uh, was talking about Russia being a threat? Weren't, weren't you the guy, Obama, who said the 80s want their foreign policy back? I think you were. So now suddenly we're in this situation now where, where, where suddenly Putin is brand new to you. Hey, we never – we're suddenly talking to Putin. It's like we've been talking to Putin for a couple decades now or not a couple decades but about 10 years now. Anyway, so they go, this guy Ben Rhodes who was a former uh, Obama administration official uh, – is now trying to make this out to be a situation where because President Trump has attacked the press, the Saudis murdered <laughs> this guy. So they're not, they're, now they're trying to blame the murder on President Trump. Keeping in mind, of course, I'm only going to spend a short period of time on this because while we all care about people being murdered or doing whatever, nobody, nobody cares about this story. Half the time we can't figure out who's who and why we're even involved and everything else. Well, we're involved because the news media wants us, wants to make us involved. And we're involved because they're an ally of ours. And if you have people in an allied government killing journalists, that's, that's a problem. That, that's, that's a situation that must be addressed. But whether or not it's the, the top story or, or, or whether or not it's something that we all need to be obsessed with is another story. And, 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 and my position on this is, no, we don't need to be worried about it at all. So anyway, here is the uh, – here's Ben Rhodes blaming the murder of Khashoggi on President Trump. Instead, we call them the enemy of the state. And we're giving a green light, not just to this Saudi regime, but to any regime around the world who wants to harm dissidents, harm journalists, because the most powerful democracy in the world is no longer on that, their side. And I think. Yep, we're um, not a democracy. Again, it drives me crazy when people keep talking about a powerful democracy. We are not a democracy. Lord. Please, we are a representative republic. Stop calling us a democracy. Anyway, the idea somehow that taking out dissidents and uh, crushing dissidents is somehow brand new now that President Trump is president of the United States, you got to be kidding me. That that's is that going to be the uh, the rap of uh, the Democrats now? Is it is that uh, suddenly because President Trump is President Trump that somehow now dissidents aren't safe? Unbelievable. But it's Friday, right? So let's rock it out. Good morning. Uh, yes. How's everybody doing? We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. DDTruckUSA.com, people, is where you're going to find them. Also have our friends from Golden Oak Lending coming in. You know, people are talking, by the way, about I mean, Golden Oak Lending is uh, 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. And 
What a great operation Golden Oak Lending is. I encourage you to get a hold of them and get your free Radio Free Almond hat, too, after you get your uh, mortgage checkup and the appraisal and everything else and sign up for it. But, yeah, take advantage of it. Take advantage of my guys. Uh, did they pull me off for Serpentine Fire? Damn it. I think they I think they uh they pulled me off of the stream. Of the not of the stream but of the thing. Yeah, I just I, I played like two minutes of that. I was like not, not two minutes even, like twenty seconds of it. I gotta I I gotta figure out some other way here. Sorry. They pulled me off of the uh of the Facebook feed people. Some people are uh, reporting that they're having some degree of problems with the uh, stream. We are working on that. Uh, and I had, I had a lot of people on the on the Facebook page too, man. I should have probably picked some music that wasn't so uh, popular. You know, and now uh, one of the things about the stream is it depends on how many people are. I mean, it, it, this all is still a a platform, and and it, and is still a uh, internet driven platform. And so sometimes you're going to have a situation where. You're going to have a situation where you have uh, lots of people cramming one place, and, and that could and that could that could make somewhat of a difference. We're back up now. I'm sorry about that, people. But and, and I don't know whether they're going to pull me off again for lips like sugar. Who knows? But sorry about that, folks. Especially with this stream, it, it, it tends to tends to happen that way. But we're back in the back in the saddle again, ladies and gentlemen. Back in the saddle again. I'm wondering if you guys seen this story at all. I, I talked to Dan Caesar yesterday. Nice guy. Um, have you guys seen the? Seen the story yet that I was in? I don't know whether I was. Uh, I'm trying to find it now. Whether or not. And was it in the, was it in the uh, sports section or something like that? I don't know. Maybe it was. Uh, but he interviewed me. Yeah, maybe it'll show up somewhere. Let me see. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks for coming back on, guys. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I, I I just played. I'm literally. It was like I didn't. It was it was hardly any. There was hardly anything that I put out there uh, that 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 was like more not more than twenty seconds long. It's just I was kind of crazy, but they took you know. But the stream sometimes it will give you trouble, uh, but but generally we haven't had too many complaints about the stream. Uh, it's it, but sometimes there, I mean the the the. Uh, the uh, the fact of the matter is, 
a lot of people slam it and 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 the and the the people who are fans of the show and who listen to the show it's growing like every day so sometimes it's uh it's a situation where there are too many people i don't know uh, but the app is pretty strong the app is a pretty formidable uh operation so it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good thing where it's pretty strong we paid a lot of money for it and it uh it seems to it seems to work well but sometimes it's it's just it's glitchy it can be glitchy but we'll see so anyway you've heard the story about Rachel McKinnon Rachel McKinnon is a guy okay and Rachel McKinnon is called a trans woman. And she's not doing any kind of, uh, she's not doing any kind of like uh, sex change operation or anything else. They're not, uh, she's not undergoing that. She's not, she's not becoming a, uh, a woman by changing her body that we know of in terms of like she might be taking some hormones or whatever but I don't know what 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 he's doing but anyway he's a he's a he who calls himself Rachel and he's a trans woman and so he goes to the UCI Masters Track Cycling World Championships in LA to compete as a cyclist in the uh, women's division, this is this is the the women's cycling world championships. Any any wins gold. He wins the gold medal. Uh, placed first in the women's sprint thirty five forty four age bracket, and celebrated the news on Twitter, and then suddenly though. Everybody else starts to to respond to his tweet, and 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 if you look at the picture of Rachel McKinnon standing next to the second place person and the third place person, he's a man, all right. He's he's standing there in the middle of these two, and is is. Clearly a man. His legs are basically, you know, three quarters the size of uh, bigger than the the women's legs. Just looking at him, and his body is clearly bigger than than these two other ones. And so then people start to to go on Twitter and say, uh, "This is wrong." And he, and the third place winner goes out and says, "This is wrong." Uh, you know, and somebody was even tweeting that you know, what's what is going on here? Where where now, if you are a man and just say you're a woman, that you can compete in in women's competitions, and clearly there is a difference between men and women physically, and uh. And so what did Rachel McKinnon do? 
he went out on Twitter and called everybody who disagrees with him a transphobic, a bigot, a transphobic bigot. She and and uh, he said that it's that, that it's a it's a human right to participate in sports, and that if you participate in sports, then you uh, you basically if you feel like you're a man or, or or feel like you're a woman, you can you can participate. So this goes both ways. Now McKinnon has. Uh, has done like a lot of speeches and stuff on this kind of thing. And here's a little snippet of, of McKinnon explaining how he believes that even people who feel like they are women, men who feel like they are women should be allowed to participate in women's sports. And so now he's sitting there with the gold medal and, 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 and these, and the third place, Winner is like this is not right. I don't. I don't agree with this approach here. This isn't right. That you, I believe you had an unfair advantage over me in this race. And to me, uh, there's no question. Well, here's McKinnon explaining this in, in this meeting. This this consortium. Women is about whether you're female or male. It's a distinction between an eligible female and an ineligible female, right? So they're going to say that the testosterone policy is just a female-female eligibility policy, but what we're going to argue is that any such policy fails to be necessary, effective, and proportionate, okay? Which are the three main requirements for justifying discrimination, and that produces the conclusion that no endogenous testosterone limit on women can be justified ethically, okay? That's where we're going. I don't understand a word I'll stop he's halfway saying. through to breathe. Yeah. There's a lot that's about to come. So first, I wanted to establish that sports participation is a human right, and the way that we do that is by drawing on the IOC charter. So he's maintaining that sports participation is a human right. That's the basis on which he is deciding that it's okay to say you're a woman and participate in women's sports. So if you are a member of a class of individuals like a, uh, a, a, a transgender group of individuals, then already you, it, it should be established that you can participate in women's sports. Now keep in mind, folks, I'm probably, as a conservative commentator goes, right, I'm probably a lot more liberal than a lot of people who listen to my show are when it comes to gay issues. I've always been that way. I've never been worried about gay marriage. I'm, I'm not even really all that concerned about gay adoption. I think there are many parents out there who are gay who are great parents. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty liberal on that, and I will own all that. And I always have been too, by the way. So, so I've, I've never been one of these people who believes that, uh, you know that that these people are disobeying the Bible and doing. All, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't get into that because it's none of my business, in my opinion. It's none of my business uh, when two gay people want to get married. I'm sorry, it just isn't. And I realize that. Yeah, but what about the taxes? What? Do I, I get it. I, okay, I get it. 
But I don't think I don't think any people getting married ought to be okayed by the government anyway. I don't even believe that you ought to be able to uh, get a tax deduction just because you're married, as opposed to if you're single. I I, I don't believe that. I, I I just never believe that. And I, I you know I know that yeah, but uh, we are trying to encourage procreation by giving the child. To, no, the government's job isn't to encourage procreation through its tax policies or encourage having children or I, I just, I don't buy it. Never have. I don't believe anybody should get any deductions for having children as opposed to not having children for being married as opposed to not being married. I don't believe any of that stuff. So I'm pretty liberal when it comes to all of these things, but I will say that even people who are gay are, 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 are not wanting to impose whatever they're doing on a cake baker most people most gay people and i don't believe believe a cake baker who is religious ought to be forced to make a cake for uh, for someone else's solemnity i don't buy that at all so there are limits to my liberalism on that whole thing as there are limits to the liberalism of even gay people gay people most gay people don't want to walk into a bakery and force somebody to make a cake for them when they're getting married they're going to they're gonna go someplace uh, that, that wants to make a cake for them. That's how it goes. I mean, that's how it goes in all of our uh, – in, uh, in everything we do. We walk in and, and uh, we, 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 uh, we go to a place, and, and if the people aren't nice, we walk back out and find somebody else. You walk into a restaurant, somebody gives you a cross look. You're like, I'm not eating here. So gay people walk into a baker. The baker doesn't want to make a cake. No, most gay people are like going, okay, I, I get it. We're – Getting married, and you're uh, you you are religiously opposed to this solemnity, so we're not going to have you make a cake for our solemnity, you know, or whatever. So uh, uh, that's how this operates. So I'm I'm more of a mind your own business type of person, you know. I I I'm also very liberal when it comes to gay adoption. I think there are a lot of parents out there who are gay, who are great parents, and so you know what. Of all the of all the all the kids who need loving homes and everything else, I'm more than happy to own the fact that I believe that uh, that if even if it's a home that is operated by two gays, uh, I think a child who is without any home, uh, it's better than 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 not having a home at all. So I'm 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 more than than happy to support that. And and if and if you want to call me a, a died in the wool left wing whatever, fine. But I'm I've always stood by that. But I have limitations, as do most people. And it's not right to hide behind your transgenderism to win a gold medal in a women's sporting event when you're a man. And I, and I don't care whether you cut yourself up and add this and add that. You're still a man. And, and, and that's, that's how this whole thing works. And so Rachel McKinnon who just simply, I know what I'll do. I'll become, and this is, again, I have sympathies for people who don't, who are confused about their sexuality or their gender. I get all that. I'm, I'm very tolerant of individuals who are, who are like that, transgender people. But, but at some point, you kind of push the limits a little bit, don't you think? Like, I get it that you feel like a woman. I get it that you want to dress like a woman. I get it that you, because you feel like a woman, you are a woman. That's fine. But stay out of women's sports because you're a man. And, 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 and if you're a man, you shouldn't be competing in women's sports. 
And and just look at that picture of Rachel McKinnon with the two other women. It's 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 laughable. It's 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 uh, reprehensible that we're allowing this to happen. But once again, the problem is we have a bunch of people like, for instance, who run this cycling championship, who uh, who are uh, the the the. the who don't stand up to people who bully them because they're afraid of being, uh, they're afraid of being called transphobic and bigots and everything else. So they're like, okay, sure you can compete. Even though it's a, it's an insult to the, to, to the other people who've worked their entire lives to train and everything else in these events, only to have some dude walk in and, and beat them. In a, in a cycling championship. It's just unbelievable. That, you know, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a mind my own business type of guy, as are most normal, average, everyday Americans. But you're really pushing it here, Rachel McKinnon. You're really pushing this. And, and to me, you know what happens in situations like this? People only become more suspicious of you. And is that really what transgender people need? Is or is 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 the couple that that wants to ruin somebody's business because they won't make a cake for their gay wedding? Is that really what gay people need? Is that really what gay people want? Does that really help people understand uh, loving relationships and understand gay marriage and all that kind of stuff? When you walk, when you when you will when you will bankrupt somebody because they won't do they won't make a cake for you. I mean, come on! Most gays don't want anything to do with that kind of militancy because what happens is it blows back on you. All the people who are already predisposed to be bigoted in the first place or are predisposed to be suspicious of whatever you're doing just become more so. I think that's a very simple way of putting it. Um, that, that's, just, that's just how it works. And so this is the last thing transgendered people need is some militant out there waltzing into a cycling championship and beating women when you're a man, I mean, I, I mean that tests the limits of even the the most liberal people out there. Because believe me, these people on Twitter who are telling Rachel McKinnon she's full of crap uh, aren't, aren't all a bunch of right wing wackos. These are people in the cycling business or the cycling sport, and you know I think they're all a mixed political bag here. But but a lot of people I don't even know I don't know what the politics of this one the third place winner is, but but she goes on and says uh, it's kind of bad to have him. It's I don't believe I should have to compete against a man. Anyway, this is this is Rachel McKinnon, Doctor McKinnon. She's apparently a he's apparently a specialist in the field of this gender stuff. And, and and maintaining that it actually is a human right and can be justified ethically. Okay, that's where we're going. I'll stop halfway through to breathe because there's a lot that's about to come. So first, I wanted to establish that sports participation is a human right, and the way that we do that is by drawing on. You have to establish that if you're going to be a man 
who pretends you're a woman who wants to compete in a women's cycling event, you have to kind of declare crazily that sports participation is a human right. The IOC charter and right in the beginning, after like table of contents, is the principles of Olympism. And two principles are important for our purposes. The first is number four. And it says, first sentence, the practice of sport is a human right. Okay, so that, that's done, right? Okay, we can move on, right? Practice of sport is a human right. What's important, though, is that the IOC means competitive sport. When they say sport, they mean competitive. This dude wants to go to the Olympics and win a gold medal in a women's event. That's what this dude wants to do. The IOC is only a competitive institution. There is no recreational Olympic sport. It's always competitive. So when they mean sport, they mean competitive sport. So competitive sport is a human right. Every individual must have the possibility of practicing sport without discrimination of any kind and in the Olympic spirit, which requires mutual understanding with a spirit of friendship, solidarity, and fair play. So he's saying that that also means then if you're a transgendered person and declare yourself transgendered, then you ought to be able to go anywhere you want, participate in any women's sport you want. Otherwise, it is discrimination if you're not allowed to. And if you criticize it, then you're also a bigot. Pretty nice life old Rachel McKinnon is leading, huh? Okay, that's the fourth principle. The second principle that matters for us is the sixth principle. And this is the non-discrimination principle. So it says, the enjoyments of the rights and freedoms set forth in this Olympic Charter shall be secured without discrimination of any kind, such as race, color, sex, sexual orientation, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth, or other status. This dude wants to go to the Olympics. The next stop after winning a gold medal in the women's cycling event in Los Angeles is to go to the Olympics and win a gold medal. That's coming. When is the next Olympics, by the way? Is it, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know when it is, but believe me. And I guarantee you what's going to happen is the Olympic Committee will allow transgendered people to compete in women's events. Because that's, that's the world we live in now. These uh, corporations, these companies, these institutions, these committees, these councils, they have no balls. And they don't want to be called bigoted or racist or whatever. So they'll do anything the mob wants them to do. Anything. Now, there might be limitations to this with the Olympic Committee because based on the blowback from women – in this, in this cycling competition, and there are a lot of them. Based on the blowback, uh, if the Olympic Committee decides that they want to have individuals uh, here, uh, if they decide that they want to have uh, individuals in this event, uh, they, they might get a lot of blowback from female athletes in the Olympics. They might, they might be pretty pretty damn uh, angry about all this. So, so th this might be a situation where the Olympic Committee might make a decision that is commonsensical, but don't count on it. If, if, this, if this group in Los Angeles can allow a man to come in and beat every woman in the cycling competition to win a gold, uh, the, the, the writing seems to be on the wall. 
There are two things I want to point out here. The first is the inclusion of discrimination on the basis of sex. Increasingly, different jurisdictions, nationally, regionally, are deciding that gender identity, so trans status, is already protected under sex discrimination. Wow. So if you are a man and you feel like a woman and you are not allowed to do women things, you are being discriminated against. That's what Rachel McKinnon just laid out there. That if you are a man, and and by the way, Rachel McKinnon believes that being a transgendered person is, is, if you just feel like a woman, you don't even have to dress like a woman. If you just feel like a woman now, you can walk in anywhere and and compete. And in fact, Rachel McKinnon doesn't even uh, bother looking like a woman. I don't know what a woman cyclist would look like necessarily, but you look at that picture where she's standing there, you know, hulking over the two other women that she just decimated in in the cycling competition. It looks like there's some dude just kind of dressed as a cycling chick standing there, like it's like it's Borat or something. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not laughing at transgendered people. I'm just saying that. Look at the picture of it. Uh, Matt earlier put it up there as a link, but uh, look at the look at the picture. You'll be like, oh my goodness, that looks like you know, just some dude standing there. <laughs> Look what I did. I just beat these two women in the women's event. I'm a woman. I'm like, dude, no, you're not. You're a man. And, and, and again, here's what's so weird about this whole thing is that, uh, yeah, actually, Chris, Chris is wondering, so Shaq and LeBron could compete in the women's basketball? Yeah. You know, if, if LeBron James, he'd have to kind of make that a, make, make that a final decision, I would imagine. But if LeBron James decided he was going to become Shaniqua James and compete in women's basketball competitions, technically, if you talk to Rachel McKinnon, he could do that. I'm Shaniqua James, and I don't want to be in this women's Olympic event. And I, no, you're not. You're LeBron James. No, I'm not. Not anymore. I'm Shaniqua James. But you're a man. Nope. I feel like a woman, which is why I named myself Shaniqua, and I'm no longer LeBron. Like, yeah, but you get uh, don't discriminate against me. You're a bigot and transphobic. Let me in. And then suddenly you've got, you know, LeBron James is basically standing at the rim, stuffing balls into it while these tiny women run around around him. That that's uh, that's, you know. That's unbelievable. Now, now here's the other thing. And again, you're, it, this is coming from a very liberal, socially liberal person in, in this realm of, uh, the, the, of uh, the gay thing and everything else. I'm, I'm, I'm really a live and let live kind of person. But at some point, you do cross the line. And, and what I'm interested in, too, is, by the way, some of these same people, and I guarantee you the media – and other more lefty people, I'm talking about the like the real far left people, uh, will accept whatever Rachel McKinnon is slinging their way, and, and uh, 
and and will uh, will accept this. And they're the very same people who claim that if you deny man-made global warming, you're a, you're anti-science. How many of you have been called anti-science out there? I have. Raise your hand, everybody. Anti-science. Anti-science. So uh, now, if you're a if you're a man who feels like a woman and calls yourself a woman, would you call that person anti-science? Because you're a man. You're not a, you're not a woman. You can't really deny that. And so denying that you're a man by just simply automatically saying you're a woman and changing your name, that's pretty anti-science too. That's not really one where you're just kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're actually denying your gender. That's pretty anti-science. But nobody will ever call a person like that anti-science. And again, um, I, I, I am supportive of anything that will pr- provide uh, wider rights to the transgendered community or the uh, gay community. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to discuss that and, and talk about that. But, but, but again – there are limits to people's uh, understanding. And, and, and I go back to this all the time. It's kind of like uh, I say that, you know, Maxine Waters, like I know a lot of Democrats uh, and, and they're good people and they're, and they're liberals or whatever, but a lot of them are in my family. And so when I see a person like Maxine Waters uh, – ordering her flying monkeys to hurt people in restaurants and to cost them at, at gas stations, whatever. Or when I see that guy tearing down signs and pulling up cruise signs in Texas and ripping them half in, in half, I say that's bad for that's bad for the people I know, the Democrats I know, because that's not representative of them. For most for most people, that, that's not that doesn't I, that doesn't represent them well. And so what happens is everybody decides that they're going to uh, they're going to look at the uh, look at the situation regarding the um, the the Democratic Party and say there's a Democratic Party right there that guy tearing up signs and you're like well no it's not there's a Democratic Party right there uh, there uh, Maxine Waters is ordering people to to cost people at gas stations and if you're a, if you're a good Democrat you're like well that's not the Democratic Party. That person doesn't represent me. Well, you know what? After a while, now it does. That's why yesterday one of President Trump's greatest lines politically was Democrats create mobs, Republicans create jobs. That's one of the best lines in a political campaign I've heard. But, you know, the possibility is it's not even true. But Democrats haven't done anything to stop it. They have there's what Democrat has gone out there and said, please, this is ridiculous. Who's called out Maxine Waters? What Democrat has condemned the sign terror up or whatever? Or, 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 you know, instead what they do is like, boy, we're a very divisive society. This is terrible. Donald Trump is dividing everybody. He's very polarizing. It's like, no, 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 no. Take care of your own people. So what I'm getting at now is when people who are transgendered like this Rachel McKinnon decide to go and win, enter into a women's cycling competition and basically steal a gold medal from other women, that's not good for the transgendered community. 
Because now you're thinking, oh, wow, those transgender people, they sure are militant. Now they want to take over the world and they're all going to be in women's sports and they're going to do this and that. Like, No, that's not true. Most transgendered people, like a lot of people, just want to be left alone and do their thing and, and be who they feel that they are. And that's perfectly okay. But the problem is you have militants like Rachel McKinnon who then ruins it for everybody else. Because now suddenly people will look at other transgendered people and be like, um, are you want you want to, you're going to do You're going to, you want to get involved. That's the problem. The, the people who try to force a baker to make a cake for them, the gay couple there. Now, suddenly uh, there might be people out there who believe ever all gays want that. All gays want people to force people to make a cake for them. And you know what? That's not true. Most gay people I know don't want to bother other people. They just don't want to be bothered themselves. But they don't want to bother other people. And, 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 and what happens when that happens is then suddenly you're like thinking that's what gays do. They go around and make people make cakes for them. No, that's not true. They just, you know, that, that's not the case. You know, and, and then take it further even with the Kavanaugh hearings. Christine Ford. Okay, if, if, if let's pretend that the next nominee is actually a person who tried to rape somebody. And let's pretend that somebody actually comes forward and says, that guy tried to, tried to rape me. What do you think the mo- most of the public's reaction is going to be? Oh, here's another Christine Ford story. So blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That's sad because Christine Ford lied and, and basically ruined it for everybody else who has a legit complaint and a, a, a legit concern. Suddenly just kind of uh, now has casted suspicion on everybody who might have had a real problem. So again, uh, we're looking out for, uh, you, you, I can continue to go on and on. Uh, an illegal immigrant is bad for legal immigrants because an illegal immigrant Suddenly people think that's what all immigrants are, or some people think that anybody running around who's speaking a foreign language is illegal all of a sudden because we have so many of them here. That's just not right. And so really, in the end, uh, trying to set some standards and some rules sometimes are, are, will help the people who need the help. Like, I, like, like sometimes preventing transgendered individuals like, like uh, guys – from competing in women's sports, sometimes that's good for transgendered people to keep that from happening because it, 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 it keeps things, keeps people from being, getting the, the, the stink eye from everybody else. And again, this rate, once you've established that participating in sports is a human right and that, you know, that is, as long as you feel like you're a woman and you're a man, you can you're, you fall under sexual discrimination laws. You've already you've taken it that far, and you're you're off to the races there. But I'm telling you, this is a crazy story, and and the people who are griping about it aren't all a bunch of right wing religious people. These are people who like participated in this sport, like the third place winner, who should be the second place winner, who are like, um, I don't. I've trained my whole life to be in women's competition. I shouldn't have to suddenly find out that the person competing against me is a dude, a, a six foot one dude. I'm competing in suddenly in a women's cycling competition. Crazy. 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 No, there ain't nothing that I got to prove. Right on. You think your words will make me black 
My friend, I'm doing excellent. How about you? Good. Jason is with uh, the estate. Are you the VP of sales? Is that Se- senior vice president of sales, and I've been with Gold- Golden Oak Landing for ten short years. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a that's that's quite a run. It, yeah, not bad at all. Uh, well, part of the reason why I thought you were James Hawkins is because I uh, I was texting with him uh, about about this, and, and so I thought that was him coming in. So that's gotcha. why I, did, I didn't. I wasn't disappointed. It was you. I just was like, I thought James was coming in. So. Well, you have to lower the mic when I come in because <laughs> I'm only five ten. He's six something. Uh, you know? I know. And I I'm know. actually I'm actually tall for an Englishman. Just so you know, I'll throw that out there right Are now. You? But about average, but five ten is average out for an Englishman. Yes. Yeah. People are already saying. Uh, Donna just chimed in and says, "Love that accent." Well, See? Well, you can ask my wife. It will wear off on you very, very quickly, <laughs> and she will uh, be the first to tell you that. Your, your <laughs> wife is a, is a born American, correct? She is uh, from University City. Yeah. And I, I know you went to high school in New City, and um, I think you're from the other end. We're from we're up Delmar and Old Bonham Way by the Pasta House down down that end. Of yeah, the, where you're you're in the uh, you're in the wealthy section of New oh, City over there. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> no, we go we go with that. Yes. No, I was in. I, I was on the. Uh, uh, and and uh, Kathy loves your voice too. Wow. And Chris Anderson Van House actually just put up here on the Facebook page, Golden Oak Lending cured our blues. Well, that's fantastic. So. Yeah, we have a huge customer base. We've got twenty five thousand previous clients. Um, and that's for a local company. That's huge. So we're extremely proud of that. So. Yeah, and, and, and what's amazing is the, the reason why I say that, that what Jason just told you is important is because there are three big lenders in the country, right? And, and, and the other two are kind of like, you know, you've heard, you've heard their names before. But the idea that St. Louis has one of the three largest lending companies, mortgage companies, refinance companies in the country is pretty cool. And, and so... When you're making your decision about where you're going to go with your refi or how you're going to go, what you're going to do, uh, then why not go with a company that has earned its stripes as one of the largest and one of the best companies in the country? They're right next door. And these people who work there live in your community. So true. So we're a local company, obviously. So we invest heavily in um, our community and, and yours too uh, with different businesses and, and um, radio stations TV stations uh, such as this and um, yeah we got 100 employees um, the vast majority in St. Louis we uh, donate to Friends of Kids with Cancer very heavily which is a great um, charity right here in St. Louis so 
you're not calling someone in Detroit and your money's going out to Detroit, you know, it, you're, you're supporting a lot of local people. So that's, uh, that makes it even better. Yeah. And also the people are all, uh, you know, like Jason who has been there 10 years and Sean and James have been there f- at the at the low like you know if there was a mail room at Golden Oak Lending they would have been in there too, uh, but but they've come all the way up to be the uh, owners the principals of the company and so they take really good care of their employees uh, uh, the person people all starting out and they also know how to make things work like there are a lot of people who just take a cookie cutter approach to your refi stuff and just plug this in and plug that in. But you guys kind of know enough about the industry that you can you have wiggle room. It, well, we've got pretty much every program available, and it goes above and beyond just your mortgage these days. You have to look at somebody's complete financial picture, find the best loan for that person, integrate their mortgage into their financial picture, and that's, it's not just about a loan anymore. Um, I say, and that's why we encourage you to call us. We offer a free mortgage checkup. We talk about that pretty much every week. Um, takes five minutes of your time. You can call us on 314-567-GOLD. You can uh, visit our website, goldenoaklending.com. You can come and see us. Um, we're in the Gold Tower in Westport Plaza. But I'd like to compare it really to a health checkup, um, Jamie. So even if you might be in good shape, you're fit, you're healthy, you're still going to go and see your doctor every once a year, right? So it's the same with your finances, you should re-evaluate, re-evaluate your mortgage at least once a year. Um, so I, I would encourage you to do that. And nine times out of ten, we can uh, save you money. Same as a pay raise, really. You, your employer might not be paying you more, but if you call us and we save you two, three, four hundred dollars a month, that's effectively oh, yeah. like a pay raise. So um, please give us a call. And I know we've got a special going on right now for your audience. There's no charge for the appraisal whatsoever. It's free if you have a free mortgage checkup. Jamie's throwing in some uh, Radio Free Almond... Hats. Newly designed and free hats. Yes. that too, Totally free. And you know, it's funny, James texted me and he was like, we haven't gotten anybody who's taking us up on the hat thing yet. I'm thinking, that's interesting. I said, it it might be because a lot of the people have hats already, because I've sold thousands of hats, right? Uh, So... There's a possibility that, that might be playing into it, um, and they'll call you anyway, even if even if there's not a hat involved. But they, these are these are the brand new hats. So if that's just one level of encouragement for you, that's great. I know because I told James, I said, I know my people are calling you because they they tell me they they are uh, and talking to you guys. So uh, it's uh, it's great. Now the other part of this whole thing that that is great for you too is that once you get hooked up, so you got two months of float. You have two months of no. Mortgage payments. And now's a great time to do that because you're going into the holidays with November and December. And the fact that you might not have to pay a mortgage uh, payment until 2019. Very true. We, we call it a payment vacation. And when you come up to the holidays, you know, we understand it's an expensive time of year, you know. So you get two months. Pay- you have, you'll have no payments until next year, you know. And um, if you have an escrow account, you're going to get an escrow refund. So it's really the icing on the cake. And another thing I like to say to people, people don't realize that home values in St. Louis have been going up um, dramatically, actually, recently. And uh, people have a lot more equity in their homes than they think that they do. So if you've got a mortgage and you're paying, let's say, PMI right now, chances are we can get rid of that PMI. And that PMI is not tax deductible. Uh, It's really money into outer space. It does nothing. So we can get rid of that for you. Or you might want to, uh, you know, have some home improvements done as well, and we can get that done for you too. 
many times without lowering, uh, uh, increasing your monthly payment. I mean, you might just want a whole bunch of new furniture in your house, whatever it is, siding, kitchens, bathrooms. You know, a lot of people like where they live, but they want to do something to their home. So um, interest rates are great right now, okay? So I can tell you that, but they are, they will be going up here shortly. So I would, you know, if you can call in now, I, we know we can lock you in at uh, an extremely low rate. Yes, and, and the rates are right now in the threes, right? In the threes. We've got fixed rates in the threes. Now, the feds have been raising the rates recently. They yeah. did it three weeks ago. That's going to have a direct impact. If you've got a credit card balance, you're probably getting letters in the mail right now. Your interest rate's going up on your credit card. Your interest rate's going up on your home equity line of credit. If you go and get an auto loan, you're going to pay a higher rate for that. If you have a, uh, even a private student loan, you're going to pay higher rates for that. Long-term rates right now... Uh, have remained flat. Now, I can tell you, uh, historically, there's a lag between the increase in short-term and long-term rates. So right now, if you're looking to do something and stay where you, you, you like where you live, now will be a good time to give us a call again at 314-567-GOLD. Don, oh. Don Bray just signed on to the uh, Facebook page and oh, said, uh, that's our fearless leader. Way to go, mate. <laughs> he, wa- he wants a hat badly, that guy, as well. <laughs> oh, he does? Oh, yeah. There's, I've had about five or six people come up to me this week. Goes, can, can, I get, can I get one of those hats when you get them? I'm it, like, well, they're really for, for Jamie's clients. He goes, well, I said, he said he'd put in a, f- a few more. But oh, absolutely, just- yeah. If you, uh, you, 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 you let me know how many. I'll, I'll make sure I get them over to your, your people, for sure. But yeah. yes, so all is good. And another thing, I, want, I know everybody's busy. It's a Friday, thankfully, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a Friday. But we're actually open on Saturdays as well. Oh. So, you know, if, if you're busy, you can call us on Saturday. You can log into our website. You can actually come in and see us. Someone's going to be there to help you. And again, we're not trying to sell you something you don't want. We're just going to be here to give you advice, a bunch of options, that's it. It's not going to cost you anything. It's uh, it's a, it's a free mortgage checkup. Somebody just asked uh, Janet did. So when you go home to Britain, do people comment on your American accent? They do. Do yeah. they really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So if you, it wouldn't be for you, but I'm actually from the south of London, which has got a very strong. English accent. Is it After, Cockney or not? Cockney. My dad was a Cockney. You have, to oh. be, you have to be born within the sound of a church called the Bow Bells in East London to be considered a Cockney. Oh, okay. So, um, but yes, um, when I go back, they're like, why do you sound American now, Jason? So <laughs> That's funny. So, so 20 years living in you said he will do. <laughs> that is, uh, that is uh, a great question, Janet. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, in, I, I, I did a, well, here, it's kind of a long story, long way to get there. But anyway, when I was at, in high school at U-City, uh, my girlfriend and I, Margaret, we started a, the drama club over there that still exists today. So when, I, when we got there, there was only a, um, a, uh, a, a spring like senior play or something, you know, like, a, like the high school play. And okay. that would be the high school musical, right? Right. Uh, but we decided we wanted to start a drama club. So uh, Baba Cabe and Dolores Kane, who were both teachers there, uh, Baba Cabe is my just a, the, the one of the greatest guys and greatest teacher, and, and helped me through a lot when I was in high school. Um, we started the drama club over there, and so we we said, well, we want to do. We, we did two plays a year, 
uh, and and we and the drama club still exists to this day. I'm proud to say. But we started at drama club, and so we did plays. And one of the plays that we did was called Pygmalion, which is the stage version uh, uh, of My Fair Lady. Okay. Uh, which was so it, it's actually the 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 playbook version of My Fair Lady, which, which became actually uh, a musical, My Fair Lady. But before that, is actually the, it was based on a play called Pygmalion, and and so uh, we we pulled off Pygmalion, and Eliza Doolittle was in the was in the play, and I played her father. Okay. Who had to, and I so I had to have a Cockney accent the entire oh. time through uh, through through this play. So, so it's not hard, it's not easy to pull off, is it? No, it's not. It's not easy. It, it's not easy. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did a pretty good job with it, but it, I was still in high school, and so it didn't probably sound that great. But yeah, right. But you, who knows? You, you you could have fooled everybody out there. I was like, who's that? Co- yeah. who's that Cockney guy over there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and actually, you your accent does sound a little Cockney. It's, it does sound – well, my, I said my dad was a Cockney, so it, it, that, I'm sure that wore off yeah. somewhat. Yeah. Now, did the, uh, did, do, did the Cockneys have a, an issue with the, uh, the other people who were uh, like uh, – like, like here in this country, <laughs> they for were, instance. They were, they were a rough and tough bunch because they're from, they were from East London yeah. and it was a little bit rougher over there. I don't know what, what you would call it over here, yeah. really. I know, back in the day, I mean, where was your rough – Rough part of town in was it South St. Louis or in well, St. Louis? It, yeah, what was it back in? Um, uh, normally 20, it would be, it would be like in it, oh, 20, 30 years ago, it'd be like North, probably no, still North St. North Louis, St. Louis. Or East, the East Side, whatever you know. Yeah, uh, well, but, it wasn't quite like uh, quite like, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a little bit rough and tougher. Well, like for instance, because in the, in the United States, there are a few people who might uh, make fun of other accents, but in the United States, we generally <sighs> don't like make fun of Southern accents or something like that. We Right, you know, but but unless you want to kind of you know just mock somebody or do whatever, but I just know whether that was happening in England or not. Um, because of the yes, you know, because when you go up to the north, north of London, they you've got a bunch of different accents. You right. could be living in Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, hundred miles away from each other, completely different accents. You know, um, so I'm always f- fascinated by all that. I love that. Um, but yeah, well, no, I, people people are all here. They they love the. They love the voice. Yeah, I get me to the church on time. Yeah, and Pygmalion didn't have a, uh, didn't have a uh, uh, any music in it, so it was just kind of like it was the play version of My Fair Lady, which is it was fun. So I was quite an honor to try to pull off the Cockney accent. You know, when you go north and you get up into Scotland, it gets really thick. And yeah, even myself, I'm like, can you say that again? <laughs> No, that's, can, you're going to have to write that one down for me because I'm I I, yeah, I don't, don't know what you're talking. It about. Is all, it is all Scottish. It's crap. <laughs> exactly. And people and 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 people still think, and that's what I thought at first that you were Australian. Everybody does. I I don't know why that is. They're like, are you Australian? That's the first thing. I'm no, but sometimes yeah. I just say yes. Now. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I move on, you know? That's funny. That's funny. All right, so uh, 314-567-GOLD is where you can get a hold of the folks over at Golden Oak Landing. And uh, you guys are just uh, – the place is full of personality. Uh, love the people over there. And Jason is no exception. And you guys do great work. Appreciate you taking care of my people. And uh, thanks a ton for that. No, thank you. Uh, you know, and again, any of your listeners, if you own a home – Please call us and just we'll give you a free mortgage checkup. Um, we can do it tomorrow. 
uh, if that works best for you. If you're thinking about buying a home, you want to get a pre-approval, we can do that, you know, within hours. This is really, when you call us, it takes five minutes of your time. And uh, when, when we get your information, we run your credit so we know we can do exactly what we're going to tell you we can do. And you're going to know, you're going to have a bunch of options here that's going to be, you're going to, there's going to, you're going to be thinking over the weekend and, and I say nine times out of ten, um, something's going to be better than what you're currently doing. So you've got nothing to lose. Please pick up the phone and, and call us at 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. And again, Jason, thanks a ton for coming down. And thanks for all you guys do. And then I will get a hold of James or text him or you can get, you can get my number from him. Text me and I'll make sure I get those hats. And then to the Golden Oak people, I want them wearing those Radio Free Almond hats. So uh, these kinds. So, exactly. You know, if, they, if they want the camo one, whatever, I'll, I'll get it to them. So sounds like that's, a pl- that's, that's how we work, and because I so appreciate you guys coming forward and uh, and sponsoring the show, because I'm really proud to have the Golden Oak Lending Heritage and the name associated with the Radio Free Almond brand. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you very much. All right, my friend. That is uh, Jason. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Getting married in the morning Ding dong, the bells are gonna chime We'll have a whopper Pull out the stopper Get me to the church on time I got to get there in the morning Spruced up and looking in my prime Girls, come and kiss me Say that you'll miss me Get me to the church on time If I am dancing Roll up the floor If I am whistling Out the door I'm getting married in the morning Ding, ding, dong They're gonna chime Don't lose your compass Kick up a rumpus Get me to the church Get me to the church For Pete's sake Get me to the church On time Come on Thanks for the reminder of the Get Me to the Church on Time we stood part of that uh, like musical. I just happened to have it with Frank Sinatra and the other uh, in the same way then. Can't remember. Well, oh, now you got me going here. Oh, when 
As Frank Sinatra live at the Sands, you got to have this in your uh, library. You, you know, on the clothes you wore, the smile you were smiling, you were smiling, then can't remember. This guy's when, timing was just so damn great. When, you can't. Here's the thing. Sometimes you can't. Something with, on Frank Sinatra songs. Sometimes you can't like. Unless you've listened to it a million times like I have, and you're still going to miss it. The way he, like, uh, pounces on some of these notes like a panther is just so impressive. But oftentimes when you try to sing along with a song like this when he's doing some live stuff, you can't really do it unless you know it a lot. And I, and I know it a lot. I still do it. Because he's, he's very... Uh, Cagey and, and performing with Count Basie, he knows like every little note. And Sinatra was so good at that, just nailing every little thing. And sometimes, you know, that I don't know. I don't know enough about music to know what it's called, but not always pretty. Some things that happen for the first time. See, I'd missed it there. See, because he'd said it like that before. To be happening again. My dad always used to say, uh, you know, Sinatra used to, would enunciate. Yeah, you never have. If the word ended with a T, the word ended with a T. If the word ended with an S, the word ended with an S. If the word ended with an ing, it ended with an ing. That was that was the Frank Sinatra way. That's how it all worked out. So anyway, it's Friday. Got me in a mood. I mean, listen, we covered it all, haven't we? We covered the uh, speech there in Montana, and uh, yeah. And Todd points out too. Yeah, Quincy Jones was the arranger. Quincy Jones had to be all of it, like. Uh, 20-something years old, you know. Did you know what uh, Frank Sinatra's least favorite song was? It was uh, My Way. <laughs> he actually didn't really like that song very much. I don't really know why, but I, th- I think it was probably his least favorite song. And actually, it's... Um, it actually is... Uh, a, uh, I have heard of Jamie Cullum, actually, Matt, and uh, Cullum's good. Uh, he doesn't pull the, he doesn't do the whole fly me to the moon thing. He's fly me to the moon. I've been, I've, I've heard that speech before, but I get it. So, uh, yeah, he did, he did some beautiful music there with Quincy Jones. All right, so let's size up the uh, House and Senate races and... I'll treat you to the news that now suddenly there is a strong possibility that uh, there's a strong possibility that the Republicans will hang on to the House. Now, I've been saying this all along. I, I, all this, all this, uh, all this news is just kind of trickling in. But I told you all early on, going back a few weeks here. That there's no way, and you just have to look at it from a common sense point of view. There's no way that P. 
people are going to go to the polls two years after electing this dramatic president, two years into seeing dramatic results of this dramatic president, two years into seeing dramatic increases in wages, dramatic increases in jobs to the point where we're actually uh, almost darn near full employment in this country. Uh, dr- dramatic increases in uh, unemployment levels for black Americans. Dramatic increase in is unemployment levels for uh, Hispanic Americans. Dramatic increases in wages in the steel industry. A dramatic increase in wages uh, in the trucking industry now. And the trucking industry is always a great reflection of a strong manufacturing base and a strong economy because trucks are the ones that move the goods. I mean, you know, the, 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 like the Amazon trucks are going crazy right now, you know, as are the haulers who are hauling uh, building products and those kinds of things. And hopefully when it comes time to have their trucks cared for or even manufactured, they're going to discovery design truck care and manufacturing ddtruckusa.com because hopefully they're, they're utilizing those people. But yeah, so so we're seeing dramatic, dramatic moves as it relates to deregulation, dramatic moves as it relates to uh, world order, and I'm talking about world peace. Uh, dramatic decreases in terrorism, in the in the scourge of ISIS over the two years. So what I'm saying is, there's really it's really does not stand to reason that individuals are going to go to the polls and vote for people who are promising to unravel all of that. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any, uh, any logical sense that somebody's going to go to the polls. Like, for instance, take the Illinois 12 district, the congressional district there. It doesn't make any sense that somebody in that southern Illinois district where Republican Mike Bost is the incumbent, and where you have refineries and steel plants and blue-collar workers everywhere, it doesn't stand to reason that they're going to march to the polls and, and, and vote for a Democrat who has, by the way, promised to unravel, impeach, do whatever. I mean, come on. The Democratic Party really thinks it's a good move to boast about impeaching the president? Taking up once once they once we control the house, we're gonna start impeachment proceedings. It's like thanks for warning us, because we're gonna send you to hell. Yeah, once we do that, we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna roll back. You know this is horrible. This this uh, this economy, the the taxing, it's ballooning the deficit. It's like bull loney. We just had a story the other day and told you that receipts are flying into the government's coffers right now because so many more people are making so much more money that the government's actually making more money. The tax receipts are going crazy. The GDP, upwards of four. I mean, what are these people talking about? So, yeah, yeah, once you get, elect us and we'll impeach the president and we will put Kavanaugh on trial again. Great. That's that that's something we all look forward to. And by the way, that's all we need in this country right now 
with our economy and beyond. That's all we need is for our president to be now through impeachment proceedings. What do you think that does to the stock market? What do you think that does to the economy? What do you think that does to world order? What do you think that does to the position of the U.S. in this country? It, 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 it'll hurt us. So no one's going to go and suddenly just offhandedly go to the polls and, and, and uh, decide that they're going to unravel everything that has been created thanks to this president and thanks to the Republican-controlled Congress. Thanks to all those individuals, it's, it's not, it doesn't stand to reason that people would purposely go there and, 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 and make America take a poop like that. No way. And then there's this idea somehow that Republicans aren't going to show up. That Republicans aren't going to show up at the polls. It's like, are you crazy? After all we've worked for, at least some of us, all we've worked for to get President Trump elected, after all we've worked for in, in, in terms of uh, what we've been trying to achieve in this country, what we've been looking for, which is an expansion of the uh, well-being of the middle class and the working people in this country – and, and and the expansions of our own economies, uh, you think we're going to then stay home? What 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 are you smoking? What are you out of your mind? Oh yeah, Republicans, you know they're so happy, they're complacent, and they're going to stay home. It's like no, that's that's really ridiculous reasoning. But once again, uh, it's no surprise because these uh, these individuals are. Um, are now deciding that, that oh, yeah, well, um, we're just going to say the economy's terrible, even though it's not. And we're going to say the president's racist, even though he's not. And we're going to say this and say that. And then, and then we're going to uh, we're gonna win this election. Not the case. Republicans are not staying home. In fact, we are more motivated than ever, thanks to you Democrats out there who are running your fat mouths. To the point where, what am I listening to? I'm hearing something. Um, is it me? Uh, is, am, I, am I hearing something? I'm hearing myself somewhere. Uh, is there another, is there another headphone? I'm hearing myself back, back at me. Is there a door open or is there a, so I'm, 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 my, my headphones are so loud I'm hearing everything. No, I'm not. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I, I just okay, whatever. So anyway, so so it doesn't stand to reason that that's gonna that that's gonna happen. That Republicans are gonna stay home. We're more motivated than ever. Thank you. You want to and, and after you after your drubbing in the midterms, maybe then you'll go back and say, hmm, maybe promoting Maxine Waters wasn't such a great idea. Maybe uh, making gang rape charges against an innocent man like Kavanaugh, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. Maybe lying about pretty much everything that comes out of your mouth wasn't such a great idea. Maybe acting like people who are beating people up and stealing yard signs, maybe, maybe acting like it's okay to go into a restaurant and shout at people while they're having dinner, maybe that's not such a good idea. Maybe putting all your stock in CNN wasn't such a good idea. We'll show you again. We'll train you like dogs to, 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 to be decent people. And, 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 and if we have to put your nose in the poop on the floor that you just did once again, 
and swat you with a rolled up newspaper, we'll do it. And we'll do it again in November. That's what, that's your, that's your life. So one way or another, you're going to learn if you are a left wing loon that your activity is not acceptable. Your version of this republic is not acceptable. Your, your efforts to shout people down, shut people down, get people fired, do this. Eventually, we're going to remove you from the public square. And we're going to do it electorally, not by beating you with uh, bike locks like Antifa does. We're going to do it peacefully, and we're going to do it completely. And so this idea somehow uh, – and then, and then there's the other thing. There's the other situation, the, the, the white suburban w- female voter, right? That big lie out there. Oh, yeah, they're really, uh, uh, the, they're really uh, angry over this Kavanaugh thing. I'm like, no, they're not. And, and, and by the way, uh, oh, yeah, President Trump calling her horse, whoever, who did he call horse face? Oh, Stormy Daniels. Oh, right. Okay. I get it. Oh, they, they, they can't talk. They don't like that horse face thing. Well, I don't know. Do, do they like men being accused of gang rape when they, when they haven't been, uh, when, they, when they haven't done that? I mean, come on. And by the way, uh, white suburban women voters, I still don't understand why that's a thing, but white suburban women voters are also very happy um, to, uh, that their husbands and their wives or themselves and their kids are earning a living, are, are prospering. They like the fact that they and their husbands both have job stability. They like the fact that their kids seemingly have a future now after going to Rala and getting an uh, engineering degree. They, they like the fact that, uh, that their kids actually might, might have a chance to get a job instead of the Pakistani who's imported here by, by our over-the-top uh, crazy uh, – let's see. Okay, Ola is here. I get there, 830, then okay. Yes, okay. Uh, Ola Hawatma is going to be in in just a second, my friend, who's uh, doing a fashion show for uh, breast cancer survivors, which is awesome. All right, so, so uh, again – they, they 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 like the fact that they have a president who is looking out for them and protecting their interests, and it's little things too. It's it's like those little things, like the uh, the ch- the changing of the uh, of the visa system, where right now uh, we have uh, the, a president who says we need to relook at this thing because right now our visa system is is promoting a system where we're we're importing jobs here to compete with our own citizens without, without any of these companies having to offer any proof whatsoever that they've tried to hi- hire Americans. We just, we're going to stop with this, uh, this, this kind of uh, temp agency approach to these uh, working green cards or whatever you want to call them with the visas. And, and, and again, there's another example of a president who we have elected to fight for us. To fight for freedom, a president who uh, even even the evangelical vote came forward for him, even though President Trump, by his own admission, couldn't quote a Bible passage correctly, the religious uh, people still supported him. You know why? Because they knew that he would put forth Supreme Court justices who would uh, seek 
who would be constitutionalist who would provide for them religious freedom and, and protect their, their religious freedoms. And so they didn't care whether President Trump uh, could quote a Bible passage. They cared whether or not President Trump was, able to, was, was going to uh, support them and look out for them. And indeed, that's exactly what he's doing through his actions. So, okay, white suburban female voter. So she's really going to go to the polls, and she's really going to be still, boy, I really have a bad taste in my mouth from that gang rapist, Brett Kavanaugh. It's like, no, probably not. And so, again, uh, these uh, this is the story I'm seeing right here from uh, the uh, Politico, which is a liberal uh, outfit. But here's the first here's the first uh, sentence here. Just about every poll predicts it won't happen. Suburban voters are too fed up with Donald Trump and Democrats too awash in cash for Nancy Pelosi's party not to seize the House on November 6th. What is, what is it? What do they mean? Suburb? I don't understand this suburban voter lie. The, the suburban voters are fed up with Donald Trump. What suburban voters are fed up? What, 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 what is it about suburban voters that they're fed up with Donald Trump? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, what would they be fed up about? Because, because right now, suburban voters are prospering along the same lines as uh, as urban voters are. So I don't understand what the what the what the suburban voter thing is. Uh, we're reading the same crap that we read in the in the uh, in 2016. The same the same idiots are back again. You know the Chris Steyerwaltz and the Carl Roves and the and the Politicos and the and the other people who are sizing elections up who don't they don't know squat. They're they're stuck there in Washington D.C. They're all just talking to each other, and they haven't got out. They haven't talked to. They haven't talked to real people. Now, uh, lots of Democrats are out there, but they're not standing up for economic ideas. You have this Beto O'Rourke. This idea that Beto O'Rourke could possibly be elected. Uh, to the U.S. Senate over Ted Cruz in Texas is almost an impossibility. Now, I stand to uh, be corrected if that does happen, but but look at what's happening in this country, people. Uh, they're not going. They're not going to elect a guy who wants to go in there and unravel everything the president's doing. They're just. It's just not going to happen. Beto O'Rourke actually has been uh, pretty ill-served by the uh, by the news media because they've they've made a it's kind of the way Ocasio Cortez has been ill-served because the media once they start to love you uh, and, and 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 prop you up uh, you start to believe what you're reading all the time they they start they they and and so Beto O'Rourke thinks it's almost a surety he's going to be the next US senator even though clearly the numbers aren't there. So so that's where we're sitting right now with with this situation where we have uh um this uh, this fake idea that somehow Democrats are going to take a call and now suddenly you're seeing stories well maybe not uh, Republicans might just barely hang on to the house. Yeah, you think? Because because I, I don't understand what anybody else is thinking when they're looking at what's happening in the world. Now we've got this whole uh, caravan story going on.
this is uh, now that all the all the uh, activists out there are running around and and going crazy. There's a four thousand strong migrant caravan made it to the Guatemalan border town across from uh, Mexico, and the person who was the original ringleader, uh, Irenio Mujica Mujica was the director of the Pueblo Sin Fronteras, who was detained at a march uh, last spring, was arrested again this time. What's going to happen here is that the president ultimately, in my opinion, is going to have to demand that Mexico or somebody in this situation uh, takes care of business here and, 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 and keeps these people from, from coming here. These uh, these are Honduran migrants, and, and they're and they're all they're they're taking all these boats and things and uh, ready to come over here, and some of them might have the American dream or whatever. But the but the but the bottom line is we have a process through which you can achieve the American dream, and it's not by floating over on a boat, and it's not by swimming through the Rio Grande. And so at this point right now, uh, the president has left open the possibility of reopening these detainment centers. And, 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 and again, uh, Trump has made it clear to Mexico that he will close the U.S. border if, if Mexico lets the migrants advance. And then he, tre- he retweeted this video of Mexican federal police arriving at the border and, and is actually thanking Mexico uh, for, for their help. So Mexico right now is helping us out. Yeah, oh yeah, they're helping us out. Yeah, you mean the president that, that uh, wants to build the wall and is pissed off all the Mexicans? Now they're helping us. Yeah, these are the same Mexicans who went along with Canada and helped rewrite NAFTA, which now has U.S. as its first two letters. So, uh, again, uh, two busloads of these federal police were visible on the Mexican side of the bridge that will that would that these people would would get across. And now I hope none of them get uh, gets hurt. I don't want anything bad to happen to these people. But it's four thousand strong, far larger than last spring's, uh, and, and National Guard troops are already at the border. The last caravan was 1,200 people, uh, and 300 of those crossed into the U.S. And so Jeff Sessions uh, is, is looking at this whole asylum law, and uh, there is now a zero-tolerance policy uh, for border crossers that uh, led to family separation. So, so we have people who are taking action. I wanted to just follow up on them. Because uh, on that, because they haven't really talked about that, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big deal, and I just hope it doesn't wind up being a situation where somebody, you know, will 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 trick the uh, the U.S. into doing something stupid, which would be like you know, beating somebody up or shooting somebody or whatever. But I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just giving you an update on that. This weekend ought to be very telling, you know, very telling people. Well, my friend Ola Hawatma is here from Ola Style. And uh, it'd be great to see her again. I haven't seen her in a long time. Hey! 
Cuando se marea dolores, cuando se quema de amores, cuando se inmala su vela, cuando se inmala dolores, cuando se inmala dolores, cuando se quema de amores, cuando se inmala su vela, cuando se inmala sabores. Hola, Hawatma. How are you, dear? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you again. It's great to see you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Look at you. How you doing? I'm doing great. I feel great. I was thinking about you because I know you're in New York a lot. And I was in New York City to see Katie and to visit Fox News and to do some work on another project I'm working on. And so I know that you, as much as you're in New York City, you weren't there when I wasn't there. So. I know. We did not cross paths, which is odd and crazy because I'm always there. I know. I know. And uh, you're an amazing person. You've done so much. You've uh, been through a breast cancer about yourself. How are you doing, by the way? You're so sweet. I'm cancer-free. Oh, you my are? My strength Good. is back. I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I am, you know, trying to be healthy. And what motivates me and gives me that drive are things like the show that I'm doing October 26th for breast cancer survivors. Um, Not labeling them, you know, cancer victims, but labeling them models and warriors. Because when you are stricken with the news that you do have cancer, it's emotionally hard on you. And so, you know, it's two, it's two things you could do. You could sit there and let your health go down by feeling pity for yourself or take the platform that God has blessed you with and make a difference with others that are going through in your shoes, turning that around. So everyone else that's going through breast cancer or any kind of cancer, um, it's not the end of their life. You know, they have nothing to fear. Um, Having faith and with the technology that they have today with cancer, um, I came up, I reached out to Komen and put together Survivor Fashion Week where I'm highlighting breast cancer survivors as models um, for several reasons. The reason I want to sponsor this show is to let these models know, and I call them models, that they are not cancer victims, A. B, they have so much more to look for in life, and I want them to keep fighting because it's mind over matter. Um, Right on. So now, uh, if you guys go to... uh olastyle.net it's wordpress.olastyle.net and uh, I'll ask Matt to maybe put up a link there in your uh, in in the Facebook page and uh, everybody's wondering everybody's saying that microphone's covering your face they don't like that oh the, the mic is covering my face yeah well they don't like that they want to see Ola so Can you see me now Matt's gonna like right here for me and yeah this here. right here because uh, <laughs> Ola is Pretty and people want to see oh, you're you, so sweet. and so they they're, they're like complaining that, that they can't see you. <laughs> can you see me now? Can I see you now? Should I start dancing? <laughs> uh, it's great. No, uh, but but make sure you talk into the mic though, like you okay, were before, because that was perfect. But yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, here's here's the here's the background about Ola, and then we'll get into the uh, 
the, the, the things that you have done, because Ola is well-known in St. Louis and, and, and the New York fashion world. I mean, this is, this is a woman who is a clothing designer who is heralded uh, by, by the New York fashion industry, and she is a stylist for the stars and does all kinds of really – pretty high-end work when it comes to the fashion world and when it comes to style and and that kind of thing. And so Ola, at the same time, as much as she is tied into uh, this industry and and the fashion industry and all that kind of thing, she is not only uh, a very proud conservative – uh, but she's also a, an amazing philanthropist. She, she turns her work that she does for the stars into the same kind of work that she does for hurricane survivors or for breast cancer survivors. So she's been heavily, and we'll get into it, and for veterans as well. Uh, she's done uh, veteran makeover programs for, for veterans, which is awesome. Uh, she was uh, down in Texas and uh, Houston area there uh, right after the hurricane down there, the devastated areas. She went down, and, and because of the economic disaster that the hurricane caused, Ola went and, and uh, did style work for people before they went to go to job interviews to, to get to get jobs, so she was helping these people for nothing, uh, put themselves together and, and for the for the big job interviews or whatever to get their lives back in order. So this is the person you're looking at right now, a person who uh, is as comfortable as can be in the glitz and glamour of New York, but is also as dedicated and comfortable as can be uh, to helping. People who are in all kinds of dire straits and offering her services for nothing to these individuals, uh, and and the and the breast cancer survivor fashion show is another example of that that we'll get into. I first met Ola. Actually, she was very sweet. We were at the. Uh, it was the. Uh, it was Eric Greitens, and was it when Pence was in town? Pence, right. Yes. And this was before the election. Uh, and Ola was there and Ola came up to me and said, hello. And, uh, she just had been, she was at the, uh, at the event just by herself and she's been, she's been a conservative all her life. And so she's been, she was interested in this and was a, a huge Trump supporter and, and, uh, and was there for the Pence and Greitens event that I emceed at the time. And then just said hello, and and we've been talking ever since. And so she's a wonderful person and a and a very uh, impressive human being. And so uh, it it's she's a very You're dear so friend of mine. Sweet. So love what you do, and Thank you and so much. You're so it's amazing. Sweet. The other day, someone asked me. They said, "How do you stay so humble um, with you know your your name?" And my answer was, you know. My faith. God. I love my country. That's why I do what I do. Um, you know, you look at where, and, and you can't talk about politics and you can't talk about religion, but you know what? I'm not going to be ashamed to talk about it. The Lord gave me this platform for a reason and spread it out as much as you can. After the breast cancer show that I do, I'm doing it with women with Trump. I am on board, and I'm putting together a fashion show for military wives. Nice. So why not expand and, and, and help out as many with, with the talents, you know, that you're given? Right on. You know, there's a purpose behind everything. And if there isn't a purpose, then why do it? Right, right. Well, 
Tell me about the event. This is the 26th. What is that, a Saturday? What it's is- a Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so where is it? How can people get tickets to it? And how, can people, how can people go? Go on the Coleman website or go on my website. Um, or you can pay at the door. 100% of all the proceeds go to Coleman. The reason I reached out to them, I know they do a lot of research and I know they help a lot of breast cancer survivors. Um, and when I look at the numbers, one in every seven are dying. F- over 40,000 women and men are dying every year of breast cancer. So something that I went through, I want to impact others. October 26th from 7 to 9 at the Hilton in Frontenac. Uh, tickets are $40. There's going to be food, performers, um, D- uh, DJ. Dale Holler is going to DJ. We're going to have 22 breast cancer survivors, dessert, and, of course, our favorite, a coffee bar. <laughs> I highlight my coffee bar. Um, and there's going to be a silent auction. If you have any silent auction items that you'd like to contribute, um, my goal is to – I have two, two goals in doing this. Um, one – is to make a difference in these women's lives and to help them feel more confident. Two is to raise money for Komen so that they can do the same. Now, uh, it, the, 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 this is really a, a great event. It sound, I'll, I'll be there, uh, and it, it, it sounds so much fun, and I love to see what, when you do these kinds of events. It's so much, so great and, and so entertaining, and you have a lot of people who – you have met through this process of your own situation, your own breast cancer bout. And so when you got hooked up with this, how do you find the women? How do you get the models? And I mean, what, what, how do you, and do you individually kind of take each survivor and? Well, the, the funny thing is I don't say no to anyone. And it seems like this week has been crazy because every day I feel like I'm getting more emails and emails of people saying, well, my mother went through it. Can she be in the show? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, when I first found out my diagnosis, I reached out and I said to Cohen, you know, I want to help you. And, you know, on the phone, they're like, well, we're an organization to help you. I'm like, well, you don't understand. You know, I'm a designer and I want to find a way to make a difference. So basically, I reached out to the excitement cancer, Komen, um, and I wanted their cancer survivors that they know and that they work with to reach out to me. So they reached out to me. Um, We did a dress fitting. I met each and every one of them, Um, and... It's that's how I got, yeah. you know, the breast cancer survivors, you know. Um, and so I'm dedicating that night not only to them, but those who have died. So I will have a silent auction table, another uh, section dedicated just to them with their pictures and bios because they have a story. You know, they have a story to be told. I don't want them to feel ashamed. I was, when I first got diagnosed, I mean, it's, it's, not shameful, but it's something that that that's private. You know, as as you know, it's my second, the first one. I kept private. Yeah, I didn't tell anyone. I was running 
for I was just in St. Louis, and I remember the judge asked me, she goes, why are you working with these cancer victims? And I told her, because this is something I enjoy. I mm. never told her that I went through thyroid. Mm. Yeah. Second time around, I said, okay, God has given me this. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, not to keep in privacy and just, you know, wake up every morning in fear. Right, right. And, you know, and cancer is one of those things, that, you know, and, and breast cancer is no exception, uh, where, you know, the, 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 I guess when, you, when you've talked to the survivors and being a survivor yourself, it, it's a very, uh, it's, a, it's a debilitating situation for a lot of people because suddenly you are uh, hit with this vulnerability. Uh, and I think anybody who has any kind of cancer feels that way. Uh, but also then it becomes very visible in a lot of ways, depending on how drastic the surgery has to be. So, so there, are, so it, 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 it creates a situation where women perhaps who've gone through it and who have to have mastectomies or whatever it happens to be, uh, don't, uh, don't feel whole, no. even though they, they should obviously, but, but they don't. I mean, it's just a human reaction feel to it. less of a woman. Absolutely. Exactly. And so when you do a fashion show like this, it's kind of like such a great, way of of drawing them you know uh, back into this this point of uh yes. self-esteem and whatever else even though rightly or wrongly because we 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 love you either way right but but they still want to have that feeling exactly because a lot of these women that are in the show they're still going through radiation they spend their days at home this day it's hair and makeup facials by yeah. laser me Inc. and then the dresses, putting them in these beautiful gowns and having the audience, just all the attention focused on them. Right. Yeah. I mean. That's, yeah, it's fantastic. And, and, and you know, and, and as fighters and as people who are, uh, you know, part of this, then it's got to feel really great for them. And you're giving them that. And that's, fa- that's fantastic. Well, I think it's a, it's a privilege to be given something you know, yeah. um, to make a purpose out of, out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's almost, it's a little similar too, in terms of the, uh, the, uh, the, the vibe that you created for people who were hurricane survivors. Uh, and, and because you went down to Houston, I remember, yes. uh, was it a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago or something. Cause I yes. had you on the TV show and you went down to Houston and you kind of set up shop down there and helped all these people get, uh, um, get makeovers or suit yes, up and dress up for, just absolutely. so they could go to job interviews. Not, not only makeovers, but these ministries that are helping others. People overlook them, you know, like they were helping. There were organizations that were helping the um, big companies or, or, or big organizations out in Houston. But these ministries that are trying to make a difference, yeah. I, I reached out to them, and they're like, "Okay, we're these small ministries, you know. What brings you out here?" <laughs> right. <I> mean, <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you know, you guys are making a difference as well. You know, you're providing food for these people." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so it's interesting because you know people, and, and let's and let's go back to. Uh, what people think is is a cure, or what people think is the way to go when it comes to responding to cancer or responding to disaster, is that the people who really make a difference are the individuals, are the smaller people, are the groups. Uh, like these ministries are huge. You could talk all you want about FEMA 
or about the U.S. government or yep. whatever, but but the engines always uh, of survival always manage to be the smaller groups or the people that are getting their hands dirty because because they know uh, and they're they're closer to the action and and Absolutely. they're there and it, completely it, agree with you. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to go. And so, how are the, have you have you been able to follow up on how these people are doing? Have, has the ministry told you what's up or one of the ministries their food truck? It's it's a shame um, because. I had a goal set in mind to raise $19,000 for them, and they still have not. It's Hope Ministries and in um, Houston. They still have not reached their goal. They're almost, but I was able to raise about $15,000 for them, which is great. <laughs> um, I encourage anyone and everyone with a platform, uh, with a title, um, a public figure, if you are given that title, use it um, to make a difference. Because you have no idea what it can do for one person, changing one person's life um, by just making a difference um, and encouraging them. Yeah. Because yeah. when I, uh, again, you know, to go from a title, um, a philanthropist as a model, and then a fashion designer, um, public figure, and then cancer victim. Right. Wait a second. What? Yeah. You yeah. know, that th- th- that's like uh, a scar. Right. You know? Right. And I never wanted to be looked at like that. And I don't want these other women to be looked at with pity as well. Yeah. So. Good so, for yeah. you. I, I think it's great. So so if you go to, uh, Ola, if you just Google Ola Style or Bing Ola Style, O-L-A Style, uh, you'll find you'll find her website. It's got all kinds of videos, all kinds of things up there, and you can actually see her in action not only as a model but also as a designer, everything else. And then uh, Coleman has it on their website. Coleman has it on their website, or you can Google Ola Style Survivor Fashion Show, and tons of links. It's everywhere. Um, I've been getting a lot of support. I'm I'm very thankful. St. Louis Magazine, Ledoux Magazine. Um, did a two-page spread and a cover, um, RFT, they will all be there supporting. So uh, I'm thankful for St. Louis for spreading the word and supporting me with yeah, this, yeah. you know, as a New Yorker, because I'm born and raised in New York, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I'm not a, I'm not a St. Louisan. However, I cherish and I'm thankful yeah. for St. Louis for, right. for helping me and supporting me. Yeah, I, I, th- it's been great, and it's been amazing watching you kind of go back and forth from here to New York, uh, but but still doing all the, uh, as I say, the, the glitzy glam things, but also the very important ground-level things for cancer survivors, for hurricane survivors, for veterans, because uh, you're very active in that as Everyone, well. Everyone, yeah, all my friends, you know, that are... Um, celebrities or in the entertainment industry, they have been given me, they've been wonderful as well. Silent auction items. I have a wonderful um, thing from Garth Brooks. I have something from Sean Hannity. Yeah. A yeah. whole bunch of things from Fox News. I have stuff from even, even, even the other side. Ron Perlman. I know. I was about to say, about to say because uh, by the way, and, and and Ola and Hannity are, are very close, and he's he's a, he's a super guy. And, and actually, uh, Sean is uh, well. You you all know uh, about Sean Hannity. The, the people who 
attack him and do whatever they know nothing about the guy. He and is one in a million. Absolutely. And even during your bout, um, he was just so great to you and so engaged. And he's, he's just very he's a supportive good guy. Very from day so. one. Yeah. yeah. He was actually one of the first people that I told he's always, you know, been there. Yeah. Um, so you've you, so let's go to the Ron Perlman thing because I think that's that's interesting. <laughs> so because because that's that was my last question to you before we have to uh, shove off here. Uh, Ron Perlman and you've you've shown me pictures of you and him. You texted me pictures, whatever, of him. You know when you guys see each other in New York, and and Ron Perlman has been pretty vocal about his disdain for Trump and everything else. Oh my else. gosh. But, he dislikes Trump with a passion. Right. So working on this show and working with him, writing editorials on him and being friends, uh, one day, you know, we were supposed to, he was supposed to pick me up and we were going to go out and have some sushi. He's like, <laughs> okay, what's the address? I never gave him where the location was. It was at the Trump. <laughs> so you just he, gave him the address. I just gave him the address. So the car service is outside and he's waiting. And then he walks in and he looks at me and he's like, what the F am I being set up? And I'm like, can I just take a picture, please? Does it, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I can influence you to change a little, at least you're walking into, you know, Trump, you know, Trump property. Um, yeah, he, he dislikes, he, you know, and, and, but that doesn't, um, it doesn't. Um, uh, hopefully I can change him, but I don't think he wants to yeah. run for 2020, which <sighs> I think he's, uh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think the, uh, I, I think it's great because you're, you're in an industry, uh, you're basically in the entertainment industry, essentially. And so it's not, easy sledding when you are vocal about your positions. But here's the thing. Uh, thankfully, so far, things have been good. I mean, and, and the people who don't want to deal with you, you're fine with that because, you know, whatever, it's the same way with me. But but still, at the same time, uh, you're finding that that when it comes to good work and as long as you do good work and you're a good person, ultimately, somebody's political bent Really shouldn't necessarily matter. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have arguments, discussions, this, whatever. But this has been the worst it's ever been. Yeah, I know. Ever since Trump has become president, it's the worst it's ever been. And I look at them and I ask them the question: How has he changed your life in the negative? When he came in office, you know, at one point I was joking with my celebrity friends and said, "I want to be a sponsor and 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 rent you guys a bus to go to Canada." <laughs> Right. And now when I see, you know, when, when, when numbers are high and the negative numbers are low, unemployment, you know, okay, how has your change, how has your life changed in the negative since Trump has become president? Right, right. And if you can't answer me with a legit answer, you know, right. everything in your life is still positive and moving up. Right. So why all the hate? So vicious and so, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's amazing. Well, when wages go high, they go low. When employment goes high, they go low. When the GDP, uh, gross domestic product goes high, they go low. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just, you know, uh, when voter turnout is high among Republicans, they go low. So they, they, they're going to go low either way. But it's so great that you have been able to maintain 
still a position that is allowing you to help so many people uh, to put your money where your mouth is and to just simply cut through all the political crap and just do good things for people. And so that's that's the old Hawatma style. And I appreciate you being with me. Thank it's great so to see you much. again. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. And, and uh, thank you for having me on and, and, and being the same way. You know, you have such a great heart. Thank you, dear. You know, I adore you. I adore you, too. And I, I so appreciate our friendship and, and, and what you've done uh, for me. And you and I actually were a while back, and we still might do this. I just haven't had time because what happened is right about the time I was going to do this, all hell broke loose in the job category. Uh, but we were going to do... Uh, we were going to do uh, a project together uh, yes. that, that is a consulting project, but we, and we might still do that. I still, I, I just, Absolutely. I the, it makes sense. I formed the LLC. I formed the company. And- it makes complete sense to move forward if you have an idea and a dream, and it makes sense, yeah. and there's nothing like it. Why not? Right on. It's, it's, uh, it's after, maybe after the midterms, I'll get right, right on it and start uh, earnestly pursuing that. But, uh, but it's great to see you, and I'll see you on Friday, the yes. 26th. Yes. The Frontenac Hilton. Starts in the evening, starts at... Uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m., and you can get tickets at the Coleman site. Or, or you can go to uh, Ola Style, just look up Ola Style Survivor fashion, fashion show, show uh, on on your internet and you'll get the tickets. They're 40 bucks, right? $40 and 100% of all proceeds go to Komen. Thanks, Moy. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know you were working hard on this and I know you have also got a lot of good people behind you, but... Uh, but I really am proud to be your friend, Ola, and oh, thank thanks so you. much. I appreciate you joining us. And it was, uh, it was so cool how it all started with just a little meeting at a at a at a Pence and at Brighton's a Pence, rally. Yeah, I know it's amazing, <laughs> and uh, we've come a long way, baby. Let's put it that Absolutely. way. Absolutely, right on. So, thanks a lot for listening to the show, people. Have a great weekend. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency. Eight five five. Quote me. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. Thank you, Naputi Wellness, NaputiWellness.com. Thank you to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. Check it out for date night this weekend. They've got your bottle. They've got your cigar. Great place right down there in beautiful Arnold. Thank you also to Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. Thanks for all you guys. Jason, thanks for coming in. And uh, make sure you call them for all your refi needs and a free mortgage checkup. Thank you to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com is where you're going to find him. And he'll come to your doorstep. He works seven days a week, so even if you need him on Sunday, he'll, he'll make it there for you. And also, don't forget about Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks is the website. It's right there at Manchester and McKnight. That's where I go for all my supplements and all my things that make me happy. If you need to lose weight, they've got that for you. If you want to eat a variety of different kinds of uh, cool, groovy ways of ingesting proteins, they've got the protein pizzas, the protein burritos. I've got pre-workouts, veteran-owned by my friend Ricky, Ricky Hall. So make sure you run by that. They have a new they have a new protein powder that has bits of uh, Snickers bar in it too. You're thinking, how can that be healthy? It is. You need carbs when you're doing just protein too. You need, you need something to burn or your body's going to burn your muscle. It's very simple. Got to have some carbs. Also, thank you to 
Discovery Design, Truck Care, and Manufacturing, ddtruckusa.com. Really appreciate all you guys and all your support of this uh, Radio Free Almond product. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Buy a hat, people. Come on now. And have a great rest of your weekend. Ola Hawatma, nice to see you there, dear. Always great to see you. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody.